Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Sami Zayn becomes an honorary oos. Chris Jericho is taking on Ring of Honor writ large and its entire history. We have a tornado dog cage survival match with House of Torture. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. It's a good thing I watched that first in Japanese and didn't watch it in English. Otherwise, I would probably skip Brutal. that shit. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. I am your host, as always, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Ash Kazer Gas. Nobody jobs for free. And <laughs> sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Oh, man. I, good to have the quarterback back. <laughs> Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick gets to retire for another while. It's good to uh, sit back in the, the passenger seat, let the big, big guy drive again. And on that lovely note, allow us to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Bad from Ringside Podcast, Volume 276, Chapter 3, Verse 14, in the Good Smart Sands. Hashtag Boo the Heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. I'm just so happy to be off work. That's that's my main thought. They have been dragging me around. Like, I, my foot has been caught on the end of a horse, just whipping me like a government mule. I mean, this this has been a very shitty week at work. And then we have, before we start podcasting, Zach's like, oh, yeah, I worked the other night. These guys wanted me to polish off these two bottles of real good whiskey. And out there in... <laughs> Portland, Oregon, the great Pacific Northwest. Northwest, we have two beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on? Two beers. Be house. It did happen yesterday, and I feel terrible uh, still today. Good, but um, yeah, just gotta clear the air. You know, Bill wasn't suspended last week, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he had requested his release. Suspended. But Jason. <laughs> Jason said he was going to freeze his contract if he didn't show up for work. So uh, he's still got like five years left on his deal. You think you're going where? WW. <laughs> Hell no. I mean, all jokes aside, I am serious. Su- all jokes aside, oh, no, I am suspended. No I am suspended by matrimony. <laughs> <laughs> I am suspended by wedded bliss. <laughs> How was the uh, anniversary? Oh, it was good. You know, we we hung out. We had a couple days off. You know, Friday was beautiful, and we had a family day. Took the baby to the zoo and then sat at home and watched watched some scary movies. And, you know, it was all good. Sunday, I played golf with uh, a bunch of friends of mine and my brother. Uh, almost got in a fight on the uh, golf course. <laughs> well, I didn't because these guys were pussies. But um, <laughs> these guys, it, the golf course was... <laughs> the fuck man it was real backed up right it was real backed up because we were playing in fats family's tournament and so everybody instead of playing foursomes everybody just started playing eightsomes like because you were grouped together with another foursome that you knew so it was all these guys oh, i went Jesus. to high school with and my brother and shit and it was taking forever and we were getting lit yeah and um these this eight these eight guys in front of us we called them cc boys country club boys because they were like there you could tell they were They've been playing golf since they were like seven or eight years old. And one of these guys has a speaker on the back of his golf cart. And everybody's out there playing music. You know, no big deal. Whatever. Play country, play rap, play fucking heavy metal, whatever. These guys were playing Christmas music as loud as it could fucking go. 
And Ugh, God, I hate motherfuckers like that, dude. There's, there's one thing that I hate, and it's Christmas time shit when it's not Christmas time. I Thank fucking you. love Christmas time, but like, if there's like an episode of King of Queens on or something, and it's a Christmas episode and it's July, I can't stand it. Like, it fucks me all up. <laughs> so we're standing like behind these guys, and these guys got it playing loud as fuck, and I'm like, fuck this. And I just <laughs> I walk like the hundred feet to their carts. <laughs> And they're like on the tee box, and I just I looked right at them, and I grabbed the ambulance, <laughs> and I just turned it all the way down, and then I walked back. And a couple of my buddies were like, "I can't believe you fucking Fuck did that. Yeah, he did that shit." And then my, my brother Jacob and my buddy AJ were like, oh, "I was going to ask which brother it was." <laughs> Jake, don't give those shits. They, they were like, "We got your back the whole way." <laughs> Fuck these motherfuckers. But seriously, that's more chaotic. I don't golf all the time. I golf like six or seven times a year. That's the most chaotic thing I've ever seen on the golf course playing Christmas music in September. That's more chaotic than when Trump used to drive his golf cart on the greens. Yeah, that, that motherfucker gave no fucks. That being said, I did listen to the podcast last week. I heard a lot of shit talking. <laughs> <laughs> Got some real problems with you guys. You know, I don't want to talk bad about him while he's not here, but I can't believe Bill does next YZ. You know, I don't want to talk bad about him. You know. <laughs> Because all you do ain't here. <laughs> you ain't going to listen. But this week I'm here, and I got a lot of problems with all you guys. <laughs> it sounds like unprofessional bullshit. Where can I find that? YouTube. So I'm like 15 minutes before I'm calling this Zach, I'm on YouTube like unprofessional bullshit. And it First popped thing. right up. I was like, oh, it's six seconds. <laughs> All right, so uh, we had a pretty normal week of wrestling, uh, so we're just going to hang out for a while. You guys like hanging out with us. That's why you're listening. With that, we are coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. The weather tonight is pitch perfect. I can't remember a more pronounced change from summer to fall. It was literally the fucking fall equinox, September 22nd. The day before was 90 degrees. The next day was 65, and it's been 65 fucking low in like, like 49 for like the last week. It's been fucking awesome. So... Without further ado, let's get to that three count. Which that one. button is it? Thank that you. one. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. Uh, before I do, just quick shout out to everybody down in Florida uh, fighting the hurricane. You know, everybody be safe. Uh, I know it's some shit going on down there. Uh, I've never been to hurricane, but I've been down in Florida for a couple of years. I know that shit can get rough. So, batting down the hatches, listen to us for a couple hours, and have a good day as time. Now, on that lovely note, I'm going to talk about a little WWE to kick us off. Um, Bill kind of stole my thunder on the, to me, what was the biggest WWE moment of the week was the opening segment of SmackDown where the bloodline opened SmackDown. You had Roman Reigns come back and kind of promote the Saudi show with Logan Paul. But the biggest angle coming out of this was it looked like Sami Zayn was getting ready to get ousted from the bloodline. And then the shirt heard round the world was thrown into his lap. And he wore that motherfucker, and it was, it was such. I hate to word use the word acting, but that's what it was. I mean, Sami Zayn went from despondent to elated. Jay Uso. So did Reigns. Reigns was like more a pretty much of a straight guy until Sammy hugged him, and he was like, "All right, all right, little guy, come on, get you some it was love." Unbelievable segment. Jay was like ecstatic. He was like, "Take the shirt off." You could hear Jay in the back, like, "Take the shirt off, take the shirt off." And then finally, he went on over and just ripped the shirt off. Had to be like, you know, finally we're gonna get this Joker out. And then when he got this, when Sammy got the shirt, the look on Jay's face. 
I need to have that saved in my phone because that face it is transcendent. It was one of the best moments of WWE I've seen in the last, I'll just say six months. Just in a segment alone, it it got to the point of, let's talk about Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. Usos are great, blah, blah, blah. But Sami Zayn, I don't, like I said, I don't know who was the person that decided that Sami Zayn needed to be an honorary ooze or hang with the bloodline, let's fresh, freshen it up. Because as much as I've liked this Roman Reigns run, it has gotten a little stale from time to time. Sami Zayn. You gotta have is, wrinkles. You gotta have little wrinkles here. Sami Zayn is the wrinkle. It's the comedy wrinkle. Okay. And for somebody like me that doesn't like too much comedy in his wrestling, the fact that I'm enjoying this ride even more so than I have beforehand speaks volumes to Sami Zayn. We all know he can go in the ring. We all know that. The fact that we're kind of like, you know, how can Sami Zayn get a title so the bloodline can all have, you know, championship gold draped in gold like the Undisputed Era was in NXT shows that we are behind this Sami Zayn gimmick that he has right now as the honorary ooze. I'll fast forward a little bit. I I don't want to see him get ousted, but ultimately he will. That's the that's the next big moment when it comes to the bloodline and Sami Zayn. This is the acceptance when he finally gets booted out. How does everybody react? Because Roman's going to be, you know, cold-blooded about the shit. Jay's going to be over the moon. Him and Jimmy, you know, they dap each other up. I mean, shit, they look like brothers. <laughs> and Sogo is basically, you know, the the little big brother. He's the muscle. So I would, I'm, re- I'm not ready to see it, but I'm curious to see how that unfolds. But to me, like I said, the biggest thing in the ring, out of the ring, Sami Zayn officially becomes an honorary use. Zach, what you think of that? I think I know. Oh, it's the greatest. Uh, Sami Zayn's the greatest. Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn dynamic is the best thing going on WWE television. And that's not like a diamond in the rough. Like, you know, there's a long show. Like, Raw's a long show. But you inherently are going to have some like bullshit on there, but there's like some decent storylines going on in WWE. So, but this is far and away the best of the bunch. And yet <laughs> him and Jimmy having that very elaborate handshake that they pull off every time. And Jay just hating <laughs> Sami Zayn and not him ripping the shirt hate. off, but not quite getting it like all the way. So it like kind of just falls around his, his waist. And then like, it's almost like, I saw somebody on Twitter describe it as like a piece of toilet paper stuck to his shoe as he's like shuffling around the ring <laughs> looking, looking like shit. Uh, it was awesome. And uh, the payoff is going to be cool, uh, but I'm not, I'm ready for this to be, you know, like a nice slow burn. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm not ready for them to uh, not be on television together. Uh, I think you ride this thing for a while because it's the best thing that you have going. But there's a reason that Sami Zayn's with, Roman Reigns, you know, the main event guy in, you know, these segments. And um, I don't know what the payoff will be. You know, we're talking like Kevin Owens and him maybe teaming up, taking the belts off the Usos. Uh, Maybe you give Sami Zayn uh, a title match and, you know, against Roman and get the crowd really popping, give him some great near falls. Um, Who knows? Maybe Sami's the guy that takes the title off of Reigns. The fans are behind Sami. Uh, I don't know, uh, but I, I'm I'm just 
strapped in for the ride, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I don't want them to stop it anytime soon. This has the makings. It, it, you know, it's kind of funny how Solo Sokoa chose Sami Zayn to right. have his back the other day. Like, you know, a little dissension among in the ranks is okay. Like I said, there's got to be wrinkles because it doesn't look like Roman's going to lose this thing anytime soon. So, to All the keep, way to WrestleMania, baby. To keep them right, and probably against Wayne, maybe. But, like, I think Dwayne might be the elders that they talk of that sent Solo Sokoa to him, you know? Right. But you know what this feels like. So, as we're talking right now, it's 7.23 p.m., Thursday, September 29th. So, we got three full months until the Royal Rumble. And that's when, well, you know, Royal Rumble's in January sometime. So, that is where WrestleMania season starts kicking off. This feels like... Uh, when Dana Bryan, when everybody started getting really behind Dana Bryan, and it, and it was, this feels a little less organic because it is a storyline that they're doing, but it does feel a little bit like Kofi Mania, like Daniel Bryan thing, like maybe Sami Zayn. I'm not saying he's going to take the belt off of Roman, and I don't think he's going to. I think it would fucking rule if he did, but I think that we are going to see. Sami Zayn as a one of the world champions. He was going to hold one of the heavyweight belts either by WrestleMania or at WrestleMania. That is that's that's my prediction. I think that it's is that a uh, lock of the, the the week or the month? My Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lead Pipe Lock of the Week is that uh, Liz Morgan is uh, going to win at Extreme Rules. Um, but anyway, God, he but, keeps well, going down that road. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was watching. I had no idea what was coming. They worked me. I thought that I thought that he was getting kicked out of the bloodline. I was like, okay, well, they're pulling the trigger on this. You know, maybe Kevin Owens comes down and saves him, something like that. And they they worked me. And, they got my ass good. <laughs> yeah, and and I popped. I popped. It was yeah. a it was a great segment. I think that everybody that watches WWE is kind of in the bag for well. Per, first of all, everybody's in the bag for the Bloodline, and no, I ha- no, I won't go there. I have well, you. You spend a lot more time in wrestling Twitter than yeah, I do, I but I mean, there. I mean, everybody that I've seen is in the bag for this, and everybody that I haven't seen anybody be like, "Why is Sammy with them?" Now you might get some knuckleheads on Twitter that just don't like wrestling, but <laughs> but. It feels like everybody's on the same page. This is this is good storytelling. This is something good that is happening on WWE. This is long-term storytelling. And like I, I echo the sentiments of my two compatriots, They this is good, and I'm here for the slow burn. Oh, shit. Um, just a couple of kind of high points on SmackDown to, to talk about. The aforementioned Liv Morgan had a match against Lacey Evans. Um, Liv Morgan wins, but then... Gets a little extreme and brings out kendo stick, the table, the spot off the senton off the top onto the table. I thought it was really well done. I didn't expect Liv Morgan to do that, so I have to tip my hat to that. It almost makes me think that she can win this Extreme Rules match. Still don't think she can, but obviously we'll give official predictions here in a, a few weeks. Um, I guess my takeaway from this is Lacey Evans is, is not – what she was under the Vince regime. And this kind of, I guess, reinforces that thought a little bit more. Well, they fucked her up. Yeah, they got her ass good. I mean, Vince probably fucked her up, but whoever was in charge then fucked her up. Uh, I was Vince. Yeah, what do you think, Zach? I thought it was Ric Flair. 
Hey, hey, hey. Uh-uh. We don't do that around here. We don't disrespect the 16-time uh, the champion like that. <laughs> we, we talked about him dying in the ring and how cool it would have been. Like, <laughs> no, less, not, less, than two months, no, less than two months two ago. Less than two months ago. We don't disrespect him, but it would have been cool if he would have died no, in the no, ring. No, no, no. You said that shit. Uh, yeah, she came out. She came off the milk garden here. Uh, no entrance music, just uh, just in the ring already. So I think yeah. she. I think she's gonna turn heel, but I wouldn't turn her heel against Ronda Rousey. I think that would be a bad move because Ronda Rousey is going through the motions, dude. I mean, I I can't remember if you guys talked about her last week, but uh, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Freddie, I don't think we did. Freddie Prince Jr. had some interesting things to say about Ronda Rousey. I, I forget where I saw this. I saw that Freddie Prince, somebody was asking Freddie Prince Jr. and he was like, "Ronda Rousey just needs to take like some acting classes because like she she like waits till the end of what she's saying to take a breath." He's like, "She just doesn't she doesn't deliver her stuff believable at all, and it's it's really." Really bad, and uh, I, I agree with him. I wish I could remember what I thought. I did. I really, uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of wrestling last week. So you guys were talking. And I was learning it while you were talking. The only thing I watched was AEW uh, Grand Slam. Did Freddie Prince Jr. say that she's not all that? Did you, was he in she all that? She's all that. Was that Freddie Prince Jr.? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ! It was. I don't know, man. I'm a I'm, you, the black man knows, and you don't. That's I, a goddamn I, shame. I, I was. That's a goddamn shame. I was having sex it's when a, that movie came out. I I, I wasn't that okay, age. Okay, fine. All right, fair <laughs> enough. All right, I'll let that shit slide. Um, Sammy uh, Sammy Zayn backstage has a uh, interaction with Ricochet and Madcap Moss. So Sokoa makes the save. So that'll be a tag team match next week or tomorrow night. In that case, nice little vignette with the Usos. Feel like they're going to get ready to break the all-time tag team record for longest consecutive days. New Day and Maximum Male Models. <laughs> I wish I was at my house. I'll give this a sad trombone tale. Um, it, oh. Hopefully, L.A. Knight spins Maximum out of this. male models are legit. Jesus fucking I'm sorry. Christ. I am sorry that they're jobbers. That, is, be, that is, be, is a perfect act. That be, is a perfect act. Are you going to take this? You go, I'm assuming you're going to take this side of uh, Maximum Male Models or the shit. No, I don't. I don't like now. Pretty deadly. I'm behind. Fucking a pretty deadly okay. fucking rules, okay. dude. I was about to say, I haven't seen them in the NXT, but I do remember them NXT UK. I have no problem with that. You didn't watch that video I texted to you the other night? I I didn't get text messages for about three days until late last night. Oh, man. I sent you guys a video of their <laughs> vignette, A Day in the Life, Pretty Deadly. It was so good. fucking money. It was Honestly, so like, fucking funny. It's, I mean, it's like up there. It was like one of the best things on wrestling television this week yes uh, it yeah. was incredible was it off of uh nxt this week oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah it was okay. really good really good all right so uh, we're going to we're, we're probably going to black and gold next week you're gonna you're gonna watch again i mean you watch so much shit uh you oh you're talking to, to me nxt yeah you can go back to nxt with Man, the black I watch and gold. nxt he ain't talking to me <laughs> i watch it um honestly it's I'm going to have to see a little more. You're going to have to get me into to watch another pay-per-view, reel me in that way. I won't. I still don't want to watch week to week because it feels, it still feels a little developmental to me, and I'm not, that's just not my bag, baby. <laughs> All right, what's next? 
Ain't this a bitch? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to watch developmental wrestling. I want to watch Joshi instead. Sue me. Braun versus Otis. Um, Otis looks strong in the loss. Nothing wrong with that. Drew McIntyre comes out. cuts a promo. Karrion Cross chokes him out. Eventually, well, we're going to have a strap match for Extreme Rules. Drew versus Killer Cross. I think that should be fairly interesting. I want to see what they do with uh, Cross on that one. Uh, Rakota, I'm sorry, Raquel Rodriguez versus Dakota Kai in the semi-main event. Um, fuckery from uh, Damage Control. It, it, uh, I don't know what to say about Damage Control. I, don't, I feel like now we're spinning the wheels with Damage Control. It's not... We're not making progress. We're just saying the same thing over they and over They need to have a mission. Again. They're like generic heels. Without, I guess, if even if Bailey had the title, I don't think that would make me feel any different it, about it. It would make me feel different. Really? Yep. It, if, if it was Bianca in chase mode and damage control in power, just with the leg up, with Bailey having the belt, then it would be worth watching. But watching... This new heel comp, this new heel stable that was introduced in a on a big stage at SummerSlam, and with three uh, women that are good wrestlers in Bailey and Io Sky's case, great wrestlers. It would be more meaningful if the babyface was in chase mode, and Bailey was the cocky champion heel. That's that's me. It, it, until until then, it's it's. I love watching Bianca Belair, and I like watching the matches. Sometimes I don't know if they need it twenty minutes at the beginning of Raw. But I think that's just football season. Yeah, I mean it also might be. I don't want to attribute everything to Triple H, but there was a bunch of long matches on this week's Raw story, for sure. Uh, Two beard, do you like? Uh, I guess Bailey as non-champion. Which would you prefer, Bailey as champion or Bailey as non-champion? I agree with Bill. I think it would be better for Bailey to be champion. Plus, she's really entertaining. Like she carried. She's good. You know, the show, yeah. uh, like that SmackDown show during the, uh, pandemic, yeah. the pandemic when it was empty, like she carried that show. So, um, dog, hello. I, yeah, give it, give it to her. Uh, and then, yeah, Bailey, or, you know, it's kind of, it's just more interesting often, uh, especially it's not like they're going to have like, they don't do super long reigns usually with like the women's title or anything like Bianca's awesome and she's a top star and she's a total superstar. But it would be, you know, interesting and cool to see her kind of get fucked out of the title and then have to try to get it back. It just, and it'd be a big pop for when she did. Yeah, it reeks of John Cena. Like, if you have a babyface champion who never loses, there's, it's really just not that intriguing. It's not, it's not as compelling. No, totally fair. Um, main event on SmackDown. Shit works because it works. <laughs> Brawler Bruce versus the Usos. Didn't have high expectations coming this, and it surpassed said expectations. I know that Rich Holland is a huge fan of BFR Bill and and vice versa, but I have to give Rich Holland his credit. Um, he didn't kill anybody, number one. He didn't so hurt anybody, say, number exceeded two. My, exceeded my expectations. <laughs> um, he didn't almost paralyze a person of color. Yeah, right. Pete Dunn slash Butch, I think, still kind of – is in that little weird, you know, he acts like Butch, but he wrestles like Pete Dunn kind of deal. I'm into it. I'm not saying I'm not. As long, it's as, just, he's, go as, long ahead. as he's wrestling like Pete Dunn, I'm happy. That's yeah. basically where I was going with it. The Butch gimmick, the persona doesn't necessarily do much for me. He's also kind of psycho. Yeah, know? he's just over the top. That's fine. It's wrestling. Go ahead, motherfucker. Be over the top. But him wrestling like Pete Dunn, to me, 
is where I'm just like, okay, I thought this match really took off right around the 10, 15-minute mark, and it went home really well. Obviously, Usos retained the titles. Brawling Brutes, I got the sneaky suspicion, ain't going anywhere anytime soon in the tag team division for SmackDown. Well, Well, now we're going to have the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium in a three-on-three match at Extreme Rules, right? Now, that is something that we can look forward to. Isn't that that the third team? Who's the third team? No, a three-on-three match, so it's Imperium versus the Brawling Brutes in a three-on-three match. I didn't know that. That's news to me. Am I wrong? Did I dream that? Or are they just they're it just they're just obviously moving towards that? I'm not saying that you're wrong. I just I haven't heard it for fact. Here, I'll look it up. Go ahead, Zach. Oh no, I I thought I thought I think that is right. Um without looking it up, that sounds right to me. Okay, well, he's looking that up. We'll talk to Smack we'll talk about SmackDown really quick. Uh nice opening match with uh Bianca Belair and EO Sky Part two. Thought it was a lot better than the the original match. Um, once again, it, we had more damage control fuckery, but EO, I'm sorry, Bianca goes over EO in a pretty good match. Like Bill said, it was like almost two commercial breaks, or maybe a third in that, neither here nor there. Ray cuts the promo, Seth Rollins comes out, cuts an, a monster promo. God damn it, like I said, this is a, Seth and whoever we talked about beforehand. Um, shit. Sami Zayn or arguments to why you should probably think about separating the titles because I think either or can hold the separate title from Roman Reigns and be able to have good stories and obviously good matches. Did you find it out or no? I did. So here are the matches for Extreme Rules, which is a week from this Saturday. It's on Saturday again, which is cool. Uh, Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey in a Extreme Rules match. Riddle versus Rollins in the fight pitch match. Fight pitch fight pit match. Sorry, I'm not even drunk. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross in a strap match. Bianca Belair versus Bailey in a ladder match. Edge versus Finn Balor in an I Quit match. And the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium in a six-man tag team good old-fashioned Donnie Brook match. <laughs> Why would you just say no rules? I mean, <laughs> no DQ. I don't give a fuck. I mean, damn. That's just a goddamn mouthful. Even for my, uh, my illustrious host over here. So, obviously... Um, we did talk about Bianca Belair, and, uh, well, Bill just brought it up. Him, her and Bailey will have a ladder match for the title on Extreme Rules. Uh, Seth Rollins going into the fight pit. That was a part of his promo. I thought it was, you know, just Seth Rollins is just hitting on all fucking cylinders right now when it comes great. To, to his promos. It, it, the end ring w- was already there. We always kind of, you know, his gimmick was always kind of one that some people like, some people didn't like. I, I know... Two beer like the Monday Night Rollins gimmick, but the one after that he didn't like. I mean, is there a is there a single match of those six matches that I just named that doesn't sound pretty intriguing? Is there one that sounds like uh, that's a good piss break? I'll go out and smoke a cigarette match. Not really. Not really. No. no. They all sound pretty. No, it good. looks like another really good pay per view. Like Clash of the Castle was a really good pay per view. Like yeah. uh, this looks like another. Really good pay per view. Don't add any more matches. Have it be six matches. Yeah, I was you know? going to say if you add a seventh, then it better be really good. Otherwise, let's just run this. Maybe six. Gargano theory or something. Well, let's speaking of Johnny Gargano. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Kevin Owens had their first tag team match together against American Alpha, and then during that match, you did have 
Austin Theory come out and fuck around with Johnny Gargano. So that could be a possibility, uh, especially when you have Gargano. I'm sorry, uh, Theory and uh, well, no, it's Chad Gable's wrestling uh, somebody else. He's getting ready to potentially get crushed. It's I think it's Otis and Theory versus um, KO and Gargano next week. But I mean, did you Otis wrestles a Braun Strowman? Zach, did you watch this Gargano Owens match or Gargano and Owens versus Alpha? I didn't get to watch uh, Raw. I actually thought that it was going to not be on Hulu anymore, and I looked today, and it actually it looks like their their deal like expires today or like whatever. But I thought it was already expired. Uh, mega so fun, mega fun thirteen minute tag match. I mean, with Gargano. I know, I know. I've said this a couple weeks ago, but we're getting Gargano, Chad Gable, Kevin Owens on Raw in a 15, 13 minute tag match. That is a ton of fun, and everybody gets their spots. And it's just pro wrestling at its at, at its very best. No, it's, it was once again better than I thought. Um, I, I should say weekly pro wrestling at its very best. You know, it wasn't a pay per view no. level match, but. God damn, it's not it's not I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching it. For what we where we came from with Raw and where we're at right now, it's it was totally worth the thirteen minutes to watch it. Um AJ Styles gets caught back by backstage with Finn Bauer once again. Finn Bauer extends the olive branch to AJ Styles. I'll just say this. I know we keep teasing Bullet Club and WWE. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't even think I want it to happen. Thoughts? I don't want it to happen. I think that them teasing it is smart. You know, the the weekly recap that I read on ProWrestling.net, the guy keeps saying uh, he's expecting Anderson and Gallows to show up for AJ Styles, and I watching that Anderson-Tanahashi match today, I was like, well, if Anderson loses this, I guess... You know, maybe maybe that's a thing. Maybe that's a possibility that Triple H would give them the leeway to maybe still work in Japan, come back and work in WWE, but then Anderson went over. I was like, there's no way they're coming back. I think it's smart for them to tease it. But, no, I don't want to see Bullet Club in WWE. I don't I, – Bullet Club doesn't need to take over all of pro wrestling. <laughs> I, I barely want to see Bullet Club in New Japan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> to be a chance. I mean, neither, me my, neither me does Greek. Hikaleo. Yeah, apparently, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll jump to that in a second. Um, Omar squashes some jobbers. No big deal. Candice LeRae makes her return, or not even return, her debut onto the main roster. Uh, she faces Nikki Ash and wins. Nikki Ash. In the corner, crying, throws off her mask. I think something to kind of put an asterisk to if you're a Nikki Ash fan. Maybe you're going to get a face turn going back to the uh, Nikki NXT persona. What, what was her name in uh, NXT? Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross. That That's the the rumor that I keep seeing. But I think the, the obviously the bigger story here is Candice and Johnny on the same show. Are they and- bringing back EY? <laughs> I don't think they're gonna do that. I was gonna say EY is in the middle of some shit. He's got a violent by design redo to uh to deal with. What was the name of that team? Was Sandy. 
Insanity. That's right. Okay. Sorry. No, you, you, you bailed me out on the first one. At least I could do is get you back on this. Uh, quiet as it's kept, the women's division has some names in Raw. And if you can keep Triple H in charge, obviously, I think he can do some things. Maybe you can get Sasha and Naomi back. Obviously, Charlotte's coming back at some point. Quiet as kept. WWE has a nice, solid women's division that can put on some entertaining matches and give it the time to do it. So let's – and I'll ask Zach first here. So Survivor Series, we're definitely getting two War Games matches, right? We're getting the women's and we're getting the men's. It looks like the women's is going to have damage control in some form or fashion, plus those baby faces. Candice LeRae probably be with the baby faces if they're going to go four-on-four. Four. They could also go three-on-three-on-three on three on three, because they've done that in a War Games match before, right? NXT was probably in that in, in that spot when you did something like that. Is there a chance that we could get a classic-style Survivor Series match also, Zach? Do you think that do you think that it's just going to be War Games, or do you think we could have War Games and a Survivor st- Survivor Series style five on five elimination match? Because I feel like we only ever had one of each anyway, right? The five on it was like a five on five men's and a five on five women's. Well, um, I mean, so since I, we've been doing the podcast, but not in the old days. Yeah, I mean, yeah, historically there'd be more. Um, I feel like they're probably just supplanting this like Survivor Series because honestly, Survivor Series needed. Uh, freshen up. Do you know how goddamn boring it would have been if, you know, because if Vince was still in charge, they would have done the same shit. They would have had SmackDown invading Raw and Raw invading SmackDown, and they would have been God, fighting for no God, reason. That's so. Thank God that's over. That was so bad. It's like, and thankfully they don't build things for very long usually, so it was like usually like three weeks. But it was like the most god awful three weeks. And then one, you know, Raw would beat everybody, and then nothing would matter the next day. It was just the worst. Um, so yeah, I just think that the war games are supplanting Survivor Series, and we're um, kind of in a new new era of Survivor Series, new iteration. All right, all right, uh, Jason, what do you think? No, nah, I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm I'm old school, but I do, I do like the five on five. But if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do a wrinkle to it, the war games is the wrinkle to do it. I just don't want to see multiple war games matches. You know. One women's, one men's, keep it like that, and then just, you know, sprinkle around, you know, tag team matches, you know, tag team title matches, you know, mid-card matches, world title matches around that, and you just kind of go from there. Like I said, for me, if no they did, If they did do another iteration of, like, Brawling Brutes versus Imperium, I guarantee you this time, Volter wouldn't be pinned in 30 seconds. Oh, fuck. Eliminated first. Oh, fuck. No, that would definitely not happen. That, 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 you remember that, that shit would dance. happen? Yes, like, it was just the worst. God damn it, I'm mad. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, that was the same Survivor Series when Keith Lee uh, faced off against um, Roman, and everybody was like, "Oh, Keith Lee's gonna do so well," you know, on the main roster. Womp 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 womp. That motherfucker went down like a ton of bricks and never looked the same since. That and the uh, the Royal Rumble when he crossed paths with Brock and everybody was like, "Oh shit!" You know, Keith Lee and Brock in the ring at the same time. Man, I'm not a huge fan of way AEW is using Keith Lee, but it's at least better than WWE was using Keith Lee. I'll go that far. Let's wrap this up. Um, Logan Paul comes out. Well, that didn't come out, but they do a vignette on Logan Paul. My thoughts on Logan Paul already been previously discussed. I don't, no need to drag this up there again. 
AJ versus Sammy in the semi-main event. I thought this was another really good, well-done match. So Sokoa is the deciding factor in this, slamming AJ on to the apron, rolling him in so Sammy could take advantage and get the win. I hear that AJ might be going against Roman, so maybe this is a reason, you know, we're cr- they're crossing paths in this scenario. I know you're not – if there was somebody that, that could lose in the bloodline, Sammy's probably the guy that could do it. But I'm glad he did win, you know, becoming – I like, like how commentary, you know, made it a point to where Sammy's now this honorary ooze and now there's, you know, more – pressure on him to perform and then, and even more so win. So Sokoa gets Sammy's back and helps him lead to the win. Like I said, I don't think that AJ is in the title mix just yet. It just doesn't feel like it. Usually you would be heating somebody up versus him taking a loss on Monday night. Um, I just saw like Finn Balor is going to get some possible title consideration. I think we could have did that instead of going to Logan Paul if you really wanted to do a match, but Saudi Prince money is Saudi Prince money. In the main event, you had Riddle versus uh, Damian Priest, and a, a pretty good match. I can't sit up here in front. I didn't think this was going to be as good as uh, initially walking into the door, but I ended up finding myself getting into the match. Riddle wins, but then post match, excuse me, Judgment Day proceeds to try to stomp a mud hole into Matt Riddle. Edge comes out to make the save, and now Edge makes a I quit match versus one Finn Bauer, a match I don't think that, I think that, I'm pretty sure that Edge and Finn Bauer haven't wrestled before, so now we have a nice little, you know, double down on their match. Not only are they going to be the first time to wrestle, but it will be an I quit match, like Bill said, as extreme rules. Two beer thoughts on an Edge Finn Balor I quit match. I mean, it sounds fun. It's something different. It's an interesting uh, dynamic. I don't know if they're going to do like the old school, grab the microphone and, you know, you got to say I quit into the microphone or if it's just yeah. like a submission match. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to see. But, uh, I mean, those are both two fantastic wrestlers. So, I imagine it'll be a really good match. Bill? I'm into it as long as we don't get the demon. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, was, no, I swear to God, I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, you know. It's been a while since I made fun of the demon. <laughs> no, but I was like, you know, I was at work. Um, I was opening uh, Capitol Grill, and I was like, man. You know, this, it was Tuesday, and I'm like, you know, Edge and Finn would be a you know pretty good I quit match. I'm like two beer on it. You know, these two really good wrestlers. But I was like, man, Finn feels like you know he's gonna lose this shit because you know Edge is just coming back. He's this huge babyface, blah blah blah. I was like, what? Damn, what if the demon comes back? Is that gonna be enough? Is he gonna? And then I went on this whole little you know that little <laughs> roll of thought, and I was like, ooh, if the demon comes back, Bill gonna be real. <laughs> I, I, Maybe he's the White Rabbit. <laughs> That was gonna be my final question. Okay, yeah. Going can we, can out. we talk okay. about? Yeah, can we talk about the White Rabbit? Please. Like, didn't they? Wasn't it supposed to be this week? Dude, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be anytime soon. It, this is a okay. So it's Bray, right? I feel like it's gotta be. I mean, anything else would be a disappointment. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that because what, it wouldn't be a disappointment. What? Like early in the week, 
I guess part of the, the script that, Chavo Guerrero is yeah, Kerwin right. White Rabbit. <laughs> part of the script <laughs> that came out on um I guess it was Monday or whatever had I guess the lines of Malachi Black's uh interest music when it first when he kept, was in WWE. It was like the first two lyrics. I wouldn't be mad about Malachi Black if if he were to come back. Obviously, he has come out and said he's not, so that's you know a no and void discussion. It feels like it's Bray, but if it's somebody else, it's going to. For me, it depends on who this other person is. Like I said last week, I'm not in a rush for Bray to come back. I just I'm not sure what we're going to get. If it's, the, if it's the Fiend, then, you know, like Tubier said, that's a whole other book and thing entirely. I don't think it's going to be The Fiend. I think it's going to be some new iteration of Bray Wyatt. What I want it to be is, like, completely, like, I want Bray to really defy all ex- expectations here. Like, I don't want him to come back and just have some other new kind of weird character. Like, I want him to come back and... I mean, really, I want him to come back and be Husky Harris. I want him to come back and be a normal wrestler and just remember when, person. Remember when Chris Jericho came back and for like five weeks he would he come out and didn't say a word. Yeah, I was until talking people about started week. booing. Yeah, you were talking about it last week. Yep. I, sorry, I missed it. I don't get um, that. I like that. Really, that's that was something that like really defied expectations. Like everybody was waiting for this thing, and then Chris Jericho came out four weeks in a row. Didn't say a fucking word. Just stood there and accepted all the adulation and then just walked right back up the ramp. Yep. I think it'd be funny if Bray Wyatt came out as Wyndham Rotunda and was just a normal guy, even though Wyndham Rotunda does not sound like a normal guy. It's such a fucked up name. That is like, <laughs> that's like me naming my kid. It's so weird to name your kid's first name after your best friend's last name. That's weird, right? Yeah. yeah what do I know? Yeah. Nothing, I guess. No, I don't have kids. That's why uh, we, we, we name real names like that shit. Anyway, I want him to come out and just be like a normal guy. That, to me, sounds more exciting than him coming out and being some other weird, dark character. Zach, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that would be way more interesting because, you know, we've kind of just had this uh, occult, supernatural Bray Wyatt for a while. And it would be very refreshing to not have that because I think I think a lot of people want to hear what Bray Wyatt has to say. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Or like if Killian Dane came out and ju- they just kept talking about him like he was Bray Wyatt, <laughs> they were like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Bray Wyatt." And, and like Killian Dane comes out and cutting cutting promos in his Irish accent, being like, "I was the fiend for a while." And say, <laughs> "Dude, aren't you over in progress? Aren't you in progress?" I'm talking Bray Wyatt just in some fucking plain black trunks. Jesus Christ, just fat, you know? <laughs> Not like Eddie Kingston fat, like oh. in good shape. Oh! Oh, you thought I was done? You thought I was done with Eddie Kingston? I'm not. I'm not done with him. Anyway, I thought the White Rabbit thing was going to be 923 at or at 923 on 923. So that's why I watched SmackDown. When Aaron left for work that day, I was like, man, I'm going to watch SmackDown and uh, Dynamite because Dynamite was two, two hours. hours. And I was like, and the baby went to bed. And I was watching it. And there was no Bray Wyatt, and I was disappointed. I would have been really disappointed if that Sami Zayn Roman Reigns thing wouldn't have happened earlier. Right. 
For anyway. sure. Um, yeah, they, they really popped a rating. Like, the rating for SmackDown was huge because people were expecting Bray. And then they just got, I saw people likening it to the Christmas story of the Drink Your Ovaltine shit. Like, they did the whole code and locked themselves in the bathroom and, you know, <laughs> figure out the, the code and just some bullshit thing about, can't, can't you know, do- watch... I was gonna say you can't watch do that very off. often before people start just losing losing faith. You know, at some point there has to be a payoff. It's just, it, I think it's more about the chase and people trying to figure out who it really is. But I agree with you. They've just come out with uh, white rabbit T-shirts, so now it feels feels like it's being commercialized and they're making a profit off of it. All well and good. I get it. That's WWE doing this business. But at some point, the payoff needs to happen sooner versus later. All right. Uh, let's get to that. Two counts. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? I assumed we were done there. Yep. Okay. Two beer. What's the two count? Uh, two count. We had a, a episode of AW Dynamite with a couple title matches. Um, what, like uh, three title matches, actually. Uh, we opened up with Jericho Appreciation Society, and um, this is a pretty good segment. Uh, it felt a little like Raw or SmackDown, like opening the show with a long talking segment that works its way into a match. But at the same time, uh, that kind of makes sense because their gimmick is, you know, being sports entertainers. Um, I didn't think it was funny that Angelo Parker. Uh, open it up by instead of saying acknowledge me, he says appreciate us, uh, <laughs> which is pretty good shit. But um, very funny. Yeah, they're all they're all dressed in purple and just looking like total dweebs. And uh, <laughs> Jericho gives Daniel Garcia a bucket hat, a purple bucket hat, and he's it's so a, mad. It's called a Kango, man. <laughs> That's not Kango. a bucket hat. That's not it might Kango. Have been I bet it was Kangle brand, but yeah, the Kangle is not the same old Jackson Kangle. Not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, but we're getting more of the slow burn uh, between Daniel Garcia, the Blackpool Combat Club, and the Jericho Appreciation Society after uh, Brian Danielson comes out, uh, essentially offering Garcia a spot in the Blackpool Combat Club if he would choose, but just kind of leaving it up to him. Uh, I forgot to mention that Luigi Primo was there. Um, <laughs> apparently this guy's a real piece of work in real life, but uh, it's like... It's, it's Did you say a he's a real gimmick. piece of work? <laughs> oh, 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 my God. He's heating up. <laughs> no, we need the rim shot at, or, uh, the, the rim shot fucking uh, sound effect for that shit. <laughs> But yeah, um, this was this was a fun segment that ended with uh, Garcia knocking out Luigi Primo and Brian Danielson uh, challenging Phil's favorite wrestler, Daddy Magic Matt Menard, <laughs> to a one-on-one technical wrestling match. Um, what did what did you guys think? As soon as he's as soon as he. Daniel uh, Bryanson was like, oh, I, so I talked to TK, and I guess everybody was talking to TK at this at certain points before the uh, Dynamite show. Anyway, he was like, he, TK said, I can fight anybody. And you said you wanted to punch me in the mouth. I started shaking my head. I was like, B, 
Bill should be loving this at this point. This is like his wet fucking dream that Brian Danielson is getting ready to tie up his boy in a fucking knot. No, not my dream. No, my my dream would be Matt Menard. Uh, listen, I thought that <laughs> I thought that Brian Danielson saying. Uh, Oh, you want you want to punch me right now? You want to punch me right now? I thought that that was pretty funny too because that played into the whole sports entertainment In thing of Philadelphia? it. Philadelphia, because, because it's a very uh, it's a very raw thing to do. Uh, apparently, I'm I'm on an island on this Matt Menard thing too. Apparently, people see him as a throwback, like as a, a throwback to the '80s, where guys just used to scream into the camera and cut promos that were. You know, basically for for people with ninth grade reading skills, and uh, listen, I, I I found out that they had to rewrite a bunch of the show because of the hurricane. So I'm gonna take it easy on them this week. But this was not my favorite episode of Dynamite ever, and I'm. I'm going to be generous in saying that. That being said, I thought the opening segment was really good. I feel like the Daniel Garcia slow burn is taking a little bit too long. Like, just fucking turn on Jericho, for God's sakes. Like, take. I want Daniel Garcia to take the Ring of Honor belt off of Chris Jericho. That's what I would like. But uh, that's just me. Okay. I, I, I never thought of it that way. Um, I thought it was entertaining for the most part. It was just, you know with Luigi and the pizza and Sammy and Tay just making out in the corner. I'm just like, it, it was just a lot of shit just going on. I love the fact that uh, Daniel Garcia put Luigi to sleep to show that he was, you know, being serious about his point. I'm curious to see what happens next week in the tag team match. I honestly didn't even think about Daniel Garcia taking the title off of Jericho until you said it. I don't, I don't know if he would be a double champion in Ring of Honor, especially with. Well, yeah, that's what probably why it won't happen. I yeah, didn't but even think about you that. know, ultimately, it was it was an entertaining segment. Ultimately, there was just a couple of you know negative spots for me. The biggest one is Sammy and Tay. Just get a goddamn room. I mean, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. That's heel shit. Or an OnlyFans oh, no. account. I, I, I mean, and you see how I mean, I'm you tell me, to you it. tell me that the Matt Menard shit is heel shit, and that if he's and you if see how I'm reacting you. to it, you see how I'm reacting to it, so it's working. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> so then, uh, of course, Brian Danielson beats uh, Matt Menard. I will say uh, that. Uh, sorry, I I do like that Jericho is just completely shitting on Ring of Honor. That is that is what he should be doing. And I'm sure that really got under the skin of a lot of Ring of Honor marks out there who, no doubt, 99% of every Ring of Honor mark out there watches AEW. No, no doubt. Uh, so, t- well, I don't know if he watches it like religiously like we do week to week, Dynamite pay-per-views and then, you know, the occasional Rampage if you if you feel inclined to do so, but... I would be curious to see what High Five Tom thinks about Jericho saying that he's going to destroy Ring of Honor. But it's, I mean, ultimately, it's for the better of Ring of Honor. They're doing it to get Ring of Honor a TV deal. Yeah, and I think Jericho got the belt, and I know you guys talked about this, but the best thing that you could do for Ring of Honor if you want to keep it going is put the belt on Jericho, have him carry it into a... A hopeful TV deal. A TV deal. I just I'm I'm worried that Tony Khan is stretching himself too thin, but uh, that's 
another discussion for another time, as JCB would say. Yeah, uh, I think that this character, I mean, Chris Jericho is doing some of the best work of his life in ring and out of it. And it's the perfect character to be essentially the ring of dishonor and to just shit all over this and to work his way through the previous champions. Cause there's quite a few of them right. in the promotion. Uh, you know, he started tonight uh, with one of them, you know, just working his way through uh, the previous ring of honor champions and beating them all. Um, that's awesome. That's a fun story. Can I have so. just a quick sidebar for 30 seconds? I know. And I'm it's on that same line of thought. Is this where Adam Cole comes back? That'd be fun. Oh, I mean, yeah, that would be fun. I was thinking that, like, Daniel Bryan would be the final boss. Right. But they've already done Bryan Jericho a couple times. Right. But Adam Cole would be – that's a great call as a, a returning babyface hero. He would have, well, I would to think he would have to honor. be a babyface, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, against Jericho, yeah. Now that Bobby Fish is out of there and not stinking shit up, Anyway, I'm stop, joking. Stop, stop. I'm joking. Eddie Kingston ever hold that title? No. Oh no, no. It's that's right. It's a work rate title. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, moving on. We have... Dude, I had so much problems holding that one down. I almost spit that in Bill's face or Reba. <laughs> like, just look towards the edge. Just look towards the edge. You just ain't gonna get up, huh? <laughs> It's my oh, man. So we had uh, Wheeler Yuta come out before MJF could. And, uh, you know, I think Wheeler was really good on this episode of Dynamite. Um, he got a lot more talking time. And I think he did a good job. Um, obviously, nobody's MJF. But, um, you know, he kind of tries to take the wind out of MJF's sails by saying all the things that MJF would say, you know, like shitting on the sports team and, and all that kind of stuff, kind of like uh, it was kind of like the final rap battle of Eight Mile. Dude, you where... stole my thunder. <laughs> really? Yes, I was told. I thought I've never seen it. it. <laughs> You've seen it? No, Mile. I've never. I've never seen it. I know that you I should. Seen no, it's, I've I've looked Seriously? for it too. It's not streaming anywhere either. Wow. No, I've never seen it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, spoiler alert um, on that one, but uh, but yeah. So uh, yeah, you I don't know what you spoiled. I still don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who wins. Um, That's that Mackay Pfeiffer movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep, it is. Never mind. Go ahead, Drew here. And, uh, you know, we're setting up this match and things end up, um, you know, kind of escalating later, which we'll, we'll get to. But, you know, MJF does his MJF shit, and um, it was entertaining. Uh, I don't know. We really need to dive into anything. It was just more good MJF. I'll dive you into know. it. I, I think it was really Do bad. It. I think it was really bad, MJF. I thought that it was lame. I thought that his entire promo was uninspired, going at the, the sports teams and just tell, calling all the people dumb and shit. It's like if it, it he he started depending too much on work shoot stuff, and then it's like now he almost has nothing. I don't know. It, it, something felt very listless. To me, about this MJF promo, uh, Jason, you're looking at me blankly. I can't tell what you're. I can't tell if you're. I can't tell if you're agreeing with me or not. I I I did not like this MJF promo, and I thought Wheeler Utah 
<laughs> I don't know why. It's hard for me to say Wheeler. You, Wheeler, right, you think break? Wheeler, you I thought that he did really well. I thought that he looked good, and it was in front of a friendly crowd because he's a Philly guy. Um, but I thought that he looked really good, and I liked the way that the segment ended with him behind MJF at the end. But I won't sit here and say that this was the best MJF segment, but uh, or promo. But it wasn't. I don't think it was that bad. I just think that a lot of what MJF or some of a better choice of words or what MJF comes with will you to just jumped in front of it. You know what I'm saying? That's what it, that's why I was saying it liked it to eight mile in that scenario where he's like, I know what you already gonna say, so let me just say it right now. You MJF hate this, gave you hate him that. More, he gave him more props. MJF gave Wheeler Yuta more props at the beginning of the promo than I've I think ever was seen him do with anybody. Even Punk. Yeah. And so that in that scenario, if the champ is giving you props for you know popping me in the mouth one good time, I'll give you. I will have to side with the champ on the stick at, at that point. Ultimately, I think, like we said, we're going to get to an MJF you to match next week. But I'm I'm not nearly as down on MJF. I thought we were you to actually stepped up to the well, point. Well, I'm, I'm not bit. down on MJF. I was down. I was down on this promo in particular. No, that's what I'm saying. Here's here's my question. So. MJF was gone for months and months, right? He comes back, he wins the chip, which they're treating as the money in the bank, which uh, that, al- yeah. also also isn't my favorite thing. Like, I wish that he wouldn't be able to cash in. I don't want it to be money in the bank. I want him to say, I want you, you on, this, on date, this date, you know. And th- it's still not clear when he can cash his chip in. But, is so MJF's been put over by some of the best. He's been put over by Jericho. He's been put over by Punk. He clearly is one of the biggest stars on that roster. Top five the, right now. He's, yes. Is he big enough to pull Wheel, Wheeler Yuta up? Because it seems like that's what they're doing. And it almost seems like he's kind of, I don't know, picking at low-hanging fruit with Wheeler Yuta. Like, I would rather him be in a in an angle with Dax Harwood or Miro or somebody like that, it still seems like Wheeler Yuta is a little beneath him, right? It doesn't seem like he's bringing Wheeler Yuta up with him. And I know that I know I know it's not done yet, but it does seem like he's playing down to it rather than bringing Wheeler Yuta up. Two beer, well, ahead. it's not it's not really about Wheeler. It's all about Moxley. Uh, Wheeler's just low man on the totem pole of Blackpool Combat Club, so. Essentially, um, I think it would be maybe more interesting, especially if, you know, he was doing, say, uh, Brian Danielson or uh, Claudio, you know, something like that. Yeah, something but, like um, that. I mean, is, I said Miro, it, who's below those guys on the card, but... Some... No, it's just all about Blackpool Combat Club because he's going to face Moxley. It's less about a storyline involving MJF and... and any other wrestler, it just happens to be Wheeler Yuta because he's the low guy at Blackpool Combat Club. At least that's what I feel like. It's that, all about Moxley. That's that's fair. Something else to kind of think about, and I'm just throwing this out there. If CM Punk and the Bucks could have played nice in the sandbox and CM Punk doesn't get hurt on top of it, this, was the, this is the CM Punk MJF build. So we had to kind of, you know, take a detour from it for multiple reasons. Like when they did the Christian Randy Orton thing when when Edge got hurt. Okay. Yeah. So it it might feel a little wonky because it 
it is wonky. This wasn't the original plan. That's also fair. So now we're veering off to where it's going to Moxley ultimately, and so but they, where Yuta is going to be the guy in the so middle. The, you're right. So they had to rewrite it for lack of yeah. a better term. Okay, yeah. that's that's fair too. And I, I like Wheeler either too. I think no, that he's fucking awesome. I, I think I think I can say speak for all of us on this one. I think he's amazing in the ring. He's a Whether, pure champion yeah, guy. He's a really good MJ, technical he's wrestler. A, he's a, he, but he's a ROH pure level wrestler, pure championship level wrestler, where MJF is a, even though he's never held a belt. No. He's, a, he's never held a belt. Not I mean, he's, not he, AEW. He, he's a he's a top of the card guy. Yeah, I, you know, he, he's passed the main both, card. Both of you guys, you know what? I, I can say it when I'm wrong. Both of you guys talked me out of it. You guys are both right. For, for two different reasons. You guys Two pronged me. <laughs> that sounded weird. Let's take that out. Let's take that out. Let's take that out. Absolute fucking bullshit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. This week on the pod, Bill just <laughs> Two pronged me. I've never used that as a verb in my entire life. Where'd that come from? He's Page over here. I get to be Xavier Woods, goddammit. I'm going to play the part that I'm, I'm supposed to play. I'm the black guy in what? the porno. F- film? <laughs> film? <laughs> <laughs> What's next, Juvier? Uh, Moxley and Rockhard. Juice Robinson. Um, this was a very solid match. Really pretty much uh, worked, you know, New Japan style. This could have been in uh, New Japan uh, crowd was not particularly into it. I don't think anybody believed that Juice was going to beat John Moxley uh, as good of a match as it was. It just didn't uh, didn't come off uh, that way, and the crowd was pretty dead for most of this. Uh, I did like the finish. Um, Moxley, you know, just does a whole bunch of uh, stomps and then does like an arm bar, and you know he taps out like immediately uh juice does which is what you would do in like an actual situation if somebody's got your arm like that you don't like sit there and go ah ooh, ah and then like try to reach the ropes like your arm's about to get ripped off your body um you tap whenever somebody gets you like that so i did like that it kind of came out of nowhere um and then we had uh you know just kind of wrapping finishing up this segment and jeff had been up in the skybox watching which i love his douchey facial expressions to everything. Um, and uh, Adam Page comes out to confront Moxley. MJF, you know, interrupts them uh, with a microphone. He's got a microphone in the skybox. And uh, Wheeler Yuta is behind him. And they end up brawling in the skybox and into the crowd. So altogether, this is an awesome segment. Uh, I really like the match. I really like um, you know, the Adam Page reminder, like, hey, he won this battle royal. Uh, you know, Moxley's got to go through him. He's a former world champion. He's also you know, he's Adam Page. And then we also had MJF who's waiting in the wings. Uh, and then his current, you know, foil, Wheeler, you know, I thought it was a, a tightly booked uh, segment that got a lot done and it was entertaining. All right. Here's where I am on this segment. C- couple things, two things. The first one being 12 months ago, 15 months ago, if you would have had Juice Robinson come out and fight John Moxley on AEW television, the place would have been going berserk because the place would have been full of complete wrestling smarks 
and who know who Juice Robinson is and want to see Juice Robinson fight John Moxley with no, with no build. We just want the match. Just give us the match. That is not AEW anymore. And I remember uh, Zach saying on it was either the podcast or Facebook or a text message. I don't know. We communicate a lot of different ways. But I remember Zach saying that um, that AEW is still good, and you're just going to like it now while it's still good. You're going to enjoy it while it's still good. It was on the pod. But this is when – this is something that a vignette the week before with Juice Robinson showing Juice Robinson can do and saying that Juice Robinson – and I know you can't do it the week before because it's going to be – because we didn't know that John Moxley was going to win, but maybe put it off a week. And like I said, I'll give him a – I'll be I'll be generous to them because of the hurricane. The hurricane apparently stuck a lot of people somewhere. Like the acclaimed only had a backstage segment this well, week. But, TK was like, you know, if you got you got to take care of your business, take care of your business. Sure, but Juice Robinson fighting John Moxley with a week of build saying that they fought for the IWGP U.S. Championship before and they've had these matches before and. Surely New Japan would lend you the footage to build up this match between Juice Robinson and John Moxley. The crowd was dead for it. And that also might be partly because AEW is a victim of its own success because now you might have people in the crowd that have no idea who Juice Robinson is. Whereas before, when you started out as a company, you were the little engine that could and you were full of guys like us who watch New Japan, who know who all these wrestlers are and... That might be an exciting thing. The way that it was presented the other night, even I wasn't excited. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, okay, so Juice Robinson, like, this, this is going nowhere. Like, it's going to be a match that'll be good. But somewhere along the way, you have to start telling stories. And they do have stories. They have the acclaimed story with uh, against Swerving Our Glory. They have the Christian and Jungle Boy story. They have stories. But this is not a story, and I love matches, but at least give me like a week's worth of buildup with the vignette. That's the first thing. The second Jeez, thing. that's the first thing? That was the first. Oh, Jason thinks I'm, I'm, Jason thinks I'm, I'm monologuing. With you. I'm huh? fucking with you. Uh, let me think of the second thing. Uh, nah, I can't think of what it is. Uh, go ahead, Jason. I, re I really think a lot of this is the fact that it's supposed to be one thing and it's not another. And especially with AEW lately, it's it's if it's not injuries, it's suspension or it's something else. I'm not happy being here, you know, guys getting released, whatever the case may be. I'll just say this. Ultimately, I liked the, the segment itself. Where were you to is the bridge to John Mox? We already talked about that. I don't necessarily have a pro and I think Adam Page is the forgotten guy in this. I, I I never even tripped off of Adam Page until he came out because the focus and whether it's and it's probably on me because I'm I'm not even thinking about Adam Page. It's not like it's he's Juice Robinson. Even though they did do, you know, like Bill said, they did do a, a, a little vignette to say, hey, Juice Robinson deserves to be here in this spot, whether you think so or not, and this is the reason why. 
Adam Page feels like the forgotten guy in this because as soon as the match was over, his music hits, he comes out. I'm like, oh, yeah, he won the Battle Royal. Totally forgot about that. So that was the other thing I was going to say because you guys didn't talk about last week because it would have been a spoiler, which I'm sure that the listener appreciates. But Adam Page. That was two spoilers, but the the other one we still haven't talked about yet. Adam Page had won. The Battle Royal on Rampage, which is a night after we record. So he won the Battle Royal on Rampage and become the number one contender. So this was, this was the other thing I was going to say, and I'll throw it to Zach first. Is Tony Khan putting Adam Hangman Page as the number one contender by winning that Battle Royal, is that a tacit... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Is is that an endorsement of Adam Page in the Page Punk real life shoot thing that's going on, Zach? Mm. I was getting ready um, to go pee until you just said that question. You're getting ready to what? I was just getting ready to go pee until you said that question. I want to hear what he says first. The I think I mean maybe I'm not going to take a hard line here, but I will say I would. I would lean yes, or maybe not an endorsement of Paige, but just more fucking bullshit. An acknowledgement that Paige didn't really do anything wrong. Like out of everybody in that scenario, like Paige said something that CM Punk, who's got the the most the thinnest, softest skin mm. of like a newborn baby, mm. and just like the. He's like a newborn baby uh, porcupine. He just mm. bristles up with like a, a thin little skin, and he got upset. And he that held on to preach. that anger for like six months, and then he like hijacked a promo on a TV show, and then he hijacked a, uh, a, a thing, you know, a press conference, and then he fist fought uh, some <laughs> executive vice presidents of the company. Jesus. Adam Page is just in catering. Like, and... The dude said one line that nobody understood in a promo like nine months ago. Like, so I think so. Like, if I'm going to take a hard line, I say, yeah, like Adam Page did nothing wrong. And like, yeah, he's one of your top guys. Like, if anybody deserved to win that Battle Royal um, or is deserves to be at that top level and is an interesting case for John Moxley in an interesting match, a believable cha- challenger, then yeah, totally. Jason, what do you think? Now, all key words that Zach said, believable. You know, Adam Page is that guy, former world champion. You know, it would make sense at that point. Um, I kind of agree with Zach on the fe- on the sense of, you know, just point, you know, if you had to, you know, look at the game tape. Adam Page had nothing to do with anything. He said that the promo that we all talked about on this podcast was like, this makes no sense. This makes no sense. But it was like, he was the voice of the voiceless. Oh, I'm sorry. Who is, who is that? Oh, it's that other guy. So basically Adam page came out and said what other guys were already talking about. And then he came out in that promo before he went, went against CM Punk and lost the title and said, this is why motherfuckers don't like you. He wasn't Eddie Kingston. Sorry, I know that's your boy. He wasn't Eddie Kingston about the shit and just said, you know, motherfuckers in the locker room don't like you. He, Adam Page 
kind of went Bray Wyatt on your ass and just said it in a way that, you know, only he and CM Punk knew about, but the rest of the general public didn't. Yeah, in th- in that respect, that I I respect Tony Khan's decision because I agree. Adam Page didn't do anything wrong. Adam Page cut a worksheet promo, which is what they were doing at the time, certainly what they were doing in that feud. They were cutting worksheet promos, and I can only think that CM Punk just – Every night he went to bed, he just dug him a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Uh, th- there's only one guy in the business that has thin, that has skin thinner than CM Punk. That's Eddie Kingston, because Eddie Kingston <laughs> likes to yell at the fans for using insider terms. And that's a shoot, brother. Come find me. I was, I was sitting there, and, and here's the sad part about it. I was like, who's got thinner skin to see a punk? I'm, I'm leaning in, like, he's getting ready to say something profound. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. I'll give this ass. bit up eventually. <laughs> I give it I, over under, I give it three and a half weeks. I'll take the over as a, I'll give you a month. Nah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong why? Uh, later on. Okay. Later on. I'll okay. tell you. At the very at the, the very, very end of the podcast, at okay. the very end of the podcast, right, it'll be right. one of the last things I say. Teaser. Go ahead, Tribune. I, I just I just imagine like a wrestler's court scenario with Tony Khan sitting on the bench and Adam or you know Adam Page is like in the in the hot seat. I don't know wherever you wherever you sit, whatever you're being questioned, and there's like the mega stand? the the lawyer, yeah, on the stand and. He'll just be like, I did nothing wrong. And Tony Khan's like, of course you didn't. I love you. Everyone loves you. Go sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Your Honor, he cut. No, no, no. Objection overruled. Sit your ass down, too. Mr. Page, you're free to go. Yeah, <laughs> Zach. I want to talk you about. I want to talk to you about. I think you should leave later. But uh, what? What's next? Uh, next, we had Soraya getting a microphone for the first time in a while, and you could tell it had been the first time in a while. Um, this was not a particularly good segment. Uh, she trots out, you know, a bunch of AEW babyface women, um, and you know, proceeds to build up Tony Storm and like her promo, um, you know, just talking about revolutions and shit. Very call back to WWE stuff. Uh, heels come out. Uh, Britt Baker um, cut the promo on her. Uh, pretty good, basically. You know, I blood, sweat, and tears stuck my neck on the line, and unlike yours, mine's strong enough to handle it. Best line of the night. And um, random Jamie Hayter chant from the crowd uh, shows that Jamie Hayter is, like, super over. Uh, but Jason, um, Jason's, Jason's cheering silently over here. It's an it's an audio medium, but <laughs> Jason feels Jason feels vindicated by this. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was like Soraya kind of this was this was super weird. Like uh, I didn't like it, not because it was boring, which it was, but like you know, we all know Paige was in WWE, um, and the Revolution stuff. That's WWE's like tagline the fact she's like we're gonna do a women's lumberjack match and it's gonna be the first women's lumberjack match that's wwe's gimmick is doing like the first women's like stuff um and acting like it's important uh you know like impacted the first you know woman to have a world title you know gimmick uh but you know wwe's like first women's royal rumble we're doing women's survivor series you know it's like stephanie's thing and like soraya just soraya just seemed like Stephanie McMahon out there 
with like even more daddy issues. Um, but I don't know. I didn't love He's it because they had, sucks. you know, she's like, oh, now I have a boss that, that listens to me. And it's like, dude, like WWE's done a lot of people dirty. Paige ain't one of them. Like, dude, they, they went bent over backwards uh, for this woman, paid her to sit at home, never fired her after, you know, multiple scandals, um, made a movie out of her starring Florence Pugh and The Rock and Lena Headey when Lena Headey was like the star of the hottest TV show at the time. And Nick Frost um, was a particularly good movie, uh, but it was a movie uh, that they made it? about her. I did. Yeah. Uh, it was okay, yeah, uh, but it was. I haven't watched it, but I I will. Yeah, there was there were some funny spots, but it was kind of boring. Vince Vaughn's phoned and then yeah, also Vince Vaughn's in there. Like it's like a real deal Hollywood movie, and they paid her a bunch of money. And you know, do you think like and Liv they Morgan tried to take can... care of her, like them sidelining them sidelining yeah. her was not them trying to they keep her cut down. her ass like they did everybody else. They sidelined her yeah. because. They were afraid that she was going to get hurt, like really hurt, and that might have yeah. been that might have been an insurance liability, sure. But it's also they sidelined her, and then they kept her on, and also and they, they kept her, her on. For- and after like a, a sex tape came out with her in it. Now listen, I'm not ding, hold ding, on ding, real ding, quick, ding, ding. real quick about that. Like, do you think that Liv Morgan would survive uh, having, like, a tape come out where, like, Bo Dallas just bust a nut all over a woman's title? Like, that happened with Paige. Yeah, I know. Probably not. Yeah. No. 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 Like, I I think that they did as much as they could. Anybody. And also they kept Morgan, Charlotte, Becky, Bianca, whomever. It wouldn't matter. In 2022, it wouldn't matter. All of that is not why this segment was bad. True. This segment was bad because it was bad. It was her line about Britt, Lager, Britt Baker's uh, name rhyming with shit. Uh, was, oh, my God. Like, that, that, that's that's shit. WWE shit. Really, really bad. That's WWE and shit. That's 101. I wish I would have been here last week, but I'll tell you what, guys. It's good to take a week off every once in a while. That's what Zach knows. But I remember those days. It, there. Her coming back is not that big of a deal. I'm sorry. It's just not that big of a deal. She is, she is, uh, and I said I'm friends of BFR. I said she's fine. Like, she is, she's fine. Paige is fine. Soraya, Soraya. And then Britt says psoriasis, which I take offense to because I'm a minority. Foul. I'm a minority as somebody with psoriasis. Right. And I have bad psoriasis, and that is offensive to me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm being dumb. I'm obviously a majority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the, this segment, this segment was terrible. She was terrible in it. Uh, she is not a needle mover, as far as I'm concerned. She was a she was a cool wrestler. She's uh, she was a fine promo, but she is she is not a needle mover. When I think about women wrestlers who are needle movers, I think about Bianca Belair. I think about Charlotte Flair. I think about Sasha Britt Banks. Baker. I think about Britt Baker. Yes, even though I have my problems with Britt Baker. And her burying talent, uh, her coming out there and trying to bury Paige, I was 
pretty okay with actually. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was. This is this is the biggest waste of money in AEW right now. Who's this? Who are you talking about? Soraya. She's the biggest waste of money that AEW like. You know, you know she's getting paid well. Okay. Well, um, what she's what she's gonna what is she gonna offer? That's this. That's the million dollar question. They haven't because, made it clear if she's wrestling. Okay, yet. and I think that would. So make the story. Uh, maybe I'll try to wrestle later, or for now I'm going to be whatever. But coming out there and not saying Anything. I'm here to wrestle and right. saying I'm going to make it a lumberjack match in her weird ass accent, that doesn't do anything. Usually, when you get the big surprise reveal from AEW, the following week, it's the mission statement week. You know, this is what I'm here to do. They've gone to the well too many times. They need to start telling stories. Oh, I'm, I'm look. You sound like Bischoff. <laughs> I'm, but I'll save that argument for you a different time. You motherfucker! <laughs> Absolute fucking bullshit. <laughs> I'll save that argument for another time. If you go, if we could argue about that for a little bit. For me, I'll try to break it down concisely, really quick. Number one, the the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems is, is that we expected her to come out and say, "I'm here to wrestle," you know, blah 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 blah. Didn't get that when she said that Tony Storm was the best AEW Women's Champion. That shit went left. Look, I love me some Tony Storm. The match against Serena D was good, and we're and this is the last thing we're talking about, and that's kind of the problem with you know at least with the way Tony Storm's been booked, the interim championship, another story for another time. The third thing I had a pro- not even a problem with, with that was like one of the biggest like oh shit moments was the the chant for Jamie Hader. Look. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'm a Jamie Hader guy. I've seen her in stardom. I love me some Jamie Hader. But the time to flip her was last week versus keeping her together and now adding Penelope Ford to, onto the mix. If you're going to add Penelope Ford, then you could take Jamie Hader out and flip her baby face. Well, the other thing is, where the fuck is Jade Cargill? If if Paige is allowed to come out there, and I'm only saying Paige because I don't know how to say her name, like Britt Baker said, like how do you say her name? Soraya? Uh, Soraya? I think it's Soraya. Okay, so Soraya is going to come out there and just say, hey, all you women come out here, and they're all, that is some WWE bullshit, I think, Okay, man. You cannot I'm, have them I'm all willing, come out. And where the fuck is Jade Cargill? I, that's what I'm saying. I'm willing to give this one the pass because I think this was on the fly. She was like... This was she like, better be stuck it. in the fucking hurricane is where she better be. Stop. Because otherwise, Tony Khan needs to bring her out, and she needs to destroy all those women because she is the star of that division. No, that's Britt Baker's division. Do that's, not get it twisted. That's Don't because they've never let Jade Cargill and Britt Baker in the same fucking in the same that's, place. You've okay. never seen well, them in the same shot. Okay, well... Survivor Series. (laughs) That's the fifth women on both sides. Do not mistake this. This is still Britt Baker's division, whether she's the champion or not. Why? Because every time you look around, there is the one common denominator, and that's Britt Baker. Period. I love that she said, she's like, "You're you're just a catchphrase. She's like, unlike me. 
Dr. Britt Baker and then <laughs> had everybody chanter So good. So good. I, mean, I just like I just like Thunder Rose sitting at home watching the whole thing being like, Nobody can beat me if I don't show up. I'm the champion forever. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Totally. And okay, and that and that's I wish Tony Storm should be talking in this segment at some point. Thumbs down. She's the champion. Thumbs down on the whole segment. It I'm was not saying terrible. I'm not disagreeing with thumbs down on the whole segment, but as the champion, interim or not, shouldn't the champ speak? I would. I would like to see the women fight the same way that the men fight, going for going for titles and not going for just shitty fucking put downs. You know, because you never yeah. see you never see MJF do a shitty fucking put down. <laughs> <laughs> Go to beer. All right, yeah. Thunder Rosa's like uh, hardcore Holly. She's like, you know, just she's like, give me the belt. And I'm like, well, what do we do after that? She's like, well, then I just beat everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of give me the belt, where the okay? We uh, I don't know. We, we haven't talked about Rampage yet for thirty seconds. Wardlow, what are we doing with Wardlow? I mean, tag team with Samoa Joe sounds cute, but he's still the TNT champion. Yeah, Samoa Joe was apparently he's one of the ones that was supposed to be. He was supposed to have a big segment on this dynamite and couldn't get there because he lives in Florida. So yeah, I guess uh, you know Wardlow probably lives in Florida too. It was probably it was a really weird no, dynamite. I'm not, look, I'm not with even very talk- very little segments. There wasn't a whole lot of segments. Even even. If you changed what you changed on Wednesday, Wardlow has been, I'll just say, it cooled off. From where he was two months ago, before he won the TNT title. They can heat him back up. I'm just saying. Yeah. But he can, he can, he can heat back up. Okay. Uh, what, what's next, Zach? Uh, a little backstage segment. Um that at first, you know, basically like Jason, I saw on Twitter, uh, agree with his sentiments that nobody gave a shit about. Um, Andrade Alidolo and Private Party and um, Butcher and Blade, no, nobody cares. Um, but the reason I bring it up is uh, afterwards, Matt Hardy uh, catches Private Party and it looks like maybe we're going to, because, you know, it was big money Matt and that act was pretty boring also and nobody really loved it. But um, I think the pairing of Matt Hardy and Private Party is good, especially with Matt being like a normal dude, babyface type. Um, if it turns Private Party babyface, uh, they've got potential. they got a lot of potential. So I think uh, that'd be good for them. And so I would like to see that happen. Looks like we're going that way. I thought uh, Private Party would be the first homegrown tag team champions instead of the Acclaim, but not saying it's it's a bad thing. It just you know I had to throw it out there. Yeah, I mean a year ago, or you know, definitely would have thought that. Um, and then uh, Ricky Starks in a squash match uh, versus some dude. Um, Eli Isom. Just nah, I, very I, very fast. Don't no. Sorry, my uh, wrestling Gordon Sayer high five time, but. He does not know. <laughs> Eli Isom is an ROH talent. He's actually pretty good, but obviously in this scenario, not presented. Yeah, he way. was being built up as somebody good when ROH tanked. Right. So, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, Ricky Starks has to be. I'm not good. He has to be made I get strong. it. I get it. It just, man. 
as a guy who likes early, Eli, I, assumed, I was just like, wow. <laughs> Whoa, holy shit. Obviously, it's over? Obviously wasn't, obviously wasn't watching around that time because uh, I did not know this dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, hey, man! I'm just saying. Look, as somebody that's seen it, well, he's no Vikingo. <laughs> <laughs> that's my dog. <laughs> Fuck you, but that's my dog, Andrade. He had a match against Andrade. I waited for that for like three weeks. There you go. Good, touche, motherfucker. Um, Glad you liked it. So, Fuck you. <laughs> then we had the main event, which was awesome. Like, I mean, this, like Bill said, show is a little uneven. Uh, there's a couple bad segments. This absolutely ruled. And uh, Jericho just gave Bandito absolutely everything. Took all of his moves. Hurricane Rana off the apron. Um, that fall away flip slam thing that he does off the top rope. Um, so much shit. Yeah, uh, that fall away flip slam where he... Man, I can't even describe it. It's a moonsault fall away slam. But that's where he bounces off the ropes? What no, was the, the, thing? Well, the moonsault. No, what was the thing where he grabs and bounces off the ropes? Oh, that's ropes? his finisher. That's incredible. Dude, I'm like, damn, he hit his finisher. I'm like, damn, he hit his finisher, and he's going to still kick out. I'm like, man, this is crazy. I, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I got some thoughts about kicking out of finishers later. <laughs> uh, he did a... He did a vertical suplex where he held him up for almost a minute, minute. and and like half of it was like with one hand, and then he like thirty one seconds in had to put another hand. hand power slam. Uh, Bandito is awesome. I don't know why Bandito is not signed to a company full time because uh, he is fantastic. Well, the, and I know uh, he, Well, uh, the story is is that this is what I read this week. The story is that AEW tried to sign him, and he decided to st- before. AEW bought ROH. They tried to sign him, and he decided to stay uh, loyal to ROH because uh, he ROH made him a champion. ROH made him a champion. So now he is signed with AEW because AEW owns ROH. But uh, apparently, they tried to get him, and he just felt loyal. I don't know if he's signed to AEW though, because I think. ROH had like dissolved their contracts before the sale. Um, like in April, they were like, you know. Oh, you didn't know Tony. Con- you didn't know that Tony Khan owns everybody that was on ROH. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got an ROH pay per view back in 2008. I got an email the other day. Tony Khan owns me. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Tony Khan. Yeah, right. Um. Bandito is is amazing, and I'll just I'll say it like this: maybe it's a scenario where, in in this, I, I'm ready whenever you are. Um, maybe in this scenario when it's Bandino and you know you want him to be signed with somebody else, maybe he doesn't want to be signed with anybody. Maybe he could just you know bounce around. And I know you know you can sign with AEW, and you know you can still bounce around. Maybe he doesn't want to be signed with anybody. See Sonata in New Japan, okay? They finally, I, I'm pretty sure that he signed with uh, New Japan, but it wasn't until, if he hasn't, it wasn't until recently until he did. And that was one of the major reasons that he didn't have a, a mid-card title, much less the world title. So just, you know, rewind the tape. Maybe this is a scenario with Bandino that 
he hasn't signed with anybody. He doesn't want to sign with anybody. He just wants to do his thing. Look, let that man live as far as I'm concerned. In this fucking case, I agree with everything that Trubier said. Jericho let Bandito get himself over. If you didn't know who Bandito was and you saw Wednesday night's Dynamite, you probably should know who he is and you probably should go back and watch his other previous shit. Okay, John, him and Jonathan Gresham had a great, great match for the unification uh, ROH championship. But another story for another time. Bandito is one of those guys that if if he was bigger, like taller. I think it would be a slam dunk that he would be signed with somebody. They would literally back the brink trucks up and give him his money. He's what did he say? Like one hundred ninety nine pounds. I mean, damn, you know. You got a hard enough time trying to get Punk over, Brian Danielson over, guys that are, you know, on the smaller side of life, getting them over as world champions. You got Bandito holding guys up with a one-hand power slam. Like you said, a, a, you know, a one-arm fucking suplex for over, you know, a minute, give or take. And he can't be world champion? Okay, that's the WWE portion of the program that I don't like. But outside of that, like I said, the match I think was easily the match of the night, hands down. And it just made Bandito, if you didn't know who he was, you know who he, you know he is now. And if you know who he is, <laughs> it just reinforces why at some point he should be world champion, whether it's ROH, How does WWE, he keep that thing on his face? <laughs> Busted nose. That's the other thing I want to talk about. Thank you. This shit, this motherfucker running around with a busted ass nose or something busted. How does he keep that thing in his face? I don't know. It I must be tied a, so tight. It's got to be it's in the back. It's got to hurt. Look. These are the questions that I want to know. Okay, let's get Bandito on the show. Let's get these motherfuckers questions to answer shit. We need a Spanish translator over here. Stat. All right. Uh, anything else from AEW Dynamite? Rampage, let's get it all out the way now. Uh, Rampage. I didn't. I didn't even watch it. Uh, there was, wasn't it two hours long though. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty good. Jungle Boy Phoenix was good. Uh, Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara was good. The wrong guy went over. Um, Think so? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hobbs Ricky, that's how you want to say? Hobbs Ricky Starks was really good. It was, be, it was obviously way way better than the uh, well, yeah, the ob- obviously. Uh, okay, and, and the right guy went over. Let's get to that. Three counts. One, two, three. All right, so we got some New Japan stuff here. Uh, there were four title matches in the last week. I didn't watch any other matches except for the title matches. So I'm just going to talk about the title matches. Zach, did you watch these? I watched the Finley Osprey main event. That's the only thing I got to see. Okay. Well, then we'll start with the most important match, which was uh, Yano Luke Gallows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that wasn't a title match, motherfucker. Hold no, on, it man. wasn't, but it was the most important match. So I was I was going through uh, I was going through the matches today, and new. New Japan NJPW World will offer you on a pay per view. You can just watch a single match at a time, which is pretty cool, actually. If you don't have time for the whole six hour, 
fucking pay per view with Shut a bunch the fuck of. Up. Man, don't make. I'm me just come saying. Over I'm don't just, make me come I'm, over I'm just saying it's helpful. No, I'm sorry. And so I a, click on your I click on, four I, hours. I click on Yano, Doc Gallows to watch the match, and I you know you can see how long it is. So like if it's Tanahashi Anderson, it's like 23 minutes long, and like the first few minutes are storyline yeah. and then there's the entrances and the, there's the 15 minute match this thing was seven minutes long and i'm like okay i was like this is gonna be a barn burner uh i'll click that shit i'm like seven minutes but what the fuck is this double count out double count out man doc gallows was mad uh zach give me your star rating for this match that you didn't watch uh six and three quarters a little low, a little low for me. But I mean, yeah, it was, it was a great match. I don't know what they're doing here. I don't know why this match even happened. If you're only going to have a three minute match, but they both got involved in a match later on. But let's talk about Osprey, David Finlay. Fuck Yano, by the way. I'm sorry that I, I, I totally missed that. Go ahead. Let's talk about Osprey, David Finlay. Um, Osprey goes over like most. New Japan matches, this match had a first, a second, and third act. First one, they were feeling feeling each other out. The second one, they kept teasing this table spot. The table spot didn't work. Mm-mm. And then uh, if, if it would have worked, it would have been really bad, though, too, for Will Ospreay. Like, he probably could. <laughs> it, was, it, it was rough. And then uh, Finlay, Finlay uh, powerbombed him through the table. The finishing sequence was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And if you had never seen a New Japan match before, this would probably be the greatest finish of any match you'd ever seen in your life. I had a problem with it, though, because I have seen New Japan matches before. (laughs) And my problem with it was David Finlay dominated him for so long. Just fucking killed him. He reversed the Oz cutter into a stunner. He reversed a whole bunch of shit. Uh, he broke his hand using the the weapon thing, you know, and the shillelagh. The shillelagh and Nigel, not Nigel McGinnis. What's his name? Chris Jam or Chris Charlton. Chris Charlton did a great job of talking about how that is something that Irish people use. And then after nine minutes of Finlay dominating Osprey. Osprey just no-sells everything and does a Spanish fly, and then they're all even for the last two minutes of the match. Now, this might be me this might be me being a fucking snob about selling, but Osprey sold the fuck out of everything for ten straight minutes, reversed it into a Spanish fly, and then it was over. Osprey won. I love the match, but I was nonplussed by the finish. Uh, what do you think, Jason? I think I think we kind of no sell. I hate to be negative too. No, sorry, no, no, sorry no, if I'm no, shitting no, on that no, right no, at the beginning. No, no. dude, I, I want you to keep it real. I think we no sell the fact that a lot of. Well, not a lot of, but some of the Osprey's offense is with the hands and jumping on ropes. You need, you probably want to be stable. You need a second hand. That hand was jacked up, and 
when they pulled Osprey aside and, and Gideon Gray, you know, tried to tape up his hand. <laughs> Good luck with that. I don't know if it's dislocated, broken, it, whatever the case may be. Will Ospreay worked that last 15 And they told minutes. a great story about They told a great story with it. Okay. His hand was fucked up, and he uses and, the hand. Okay. So I think, once again, maybe if it's not the best, you know, technical match or, you know, it, it looks a little clunky from spots, Will Ospreay is probably working with eight fingers at this point, if, if at best. Okay. So now from there, like I said, the – I'll give you credit on the fact of the table spot. The table spot was bad. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that Will didn't get it the first time because it was it's probably going to be through both tables. And Will Ospreay, God bless him. Whether you face, like face first through both tables, okay. Whether you like him or not, basically like a bulldog through. It was going to be bulldog the, from the top, um, bulldog from the corner. Through the tables on the outside. Yeah, um, slice bread off the yes. the ropes onto the double tables. That was, it seemingly, that was like that was going to be the spot. That's a nasty spot. Um, neck injuries, kidney injuries for Will Ospreay. Either way, it was going to be a nasty spot. I agree with you, ultimately, it was a really good match. David Finley is one of those guys that I wish that the Intercontinental Intercontinental Championship was still around for. He would be somebody that would be in that mix for a mid-card championship, not necessarily a world championship, but he gave Will Ospreay everything you wanted. To their credit, I never thought that he was going to win. No. But they had me biting into the near falls. I can't lie. It was I knew he wasn't gonna win, but all I ever ask is if you give me the good match, I won't have anything Him reversing to say that Ozcutter. Stupid. It was stupid. stupid. Uh, what you think, Zach? Oh, he also did a trash panda like an extra. He like did like a trash panda extra where he flipped him a little bit more. Zach, what'd you think? Oh, I loved it. Um, this was the best David Finley match I've ever seen. And Will Ospreay just continues to have an amazing year. Uh, not just a year. I mean, the guy's been awesome forever, but he just keeps getting better um, at the little stuff. And, uh, yeah, the selling in this match, especially, you know, with the hand, he's doing one-handed springboards. He's doing forearms instead of chops. Right. Um, all kinds of, you know, just little things. And um, this was like, I, I think this match was like over 30 minutes and it felt like not that. Um, and those are kind of my favorite matches where I'm just so caught up and then Kevin Kelly be like, in. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Kevin Kelly or Chris Charles gonna be like, we're at the twenty minute mark, and I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> just, just started. But that's what that's why for me that's why I like New Japan matches as as the lone soldier of the New Japan flag waving long and strong. If when you, what do you mean that, lone soldier, what's your favorite promotion wrestling promotion right now? Right now, I, I don't no, know, no, but why no, do you call no, yourself no, a lone no, soldier? Nope, nope. What's your favorite wrestling promotion right now? The only one I'd never give up is New Japan. Is that your favorite? <clears throat> the only that's the only one I'd never give is up. Is that your favorite? Yeah. Two beer. Uh, right now it's probably AEW. Okay, I'll give you the temporary pass for a little bit. Oh, uh, Joshi. <laughs> well. <laughs> 
Jason Jason sounds like my like nieces, whatever. Like my daughter wear like a Stranger Things shirt, and they're like, I like Stranger Things more than you. Like you shouldn't be yeah. wearing that shirt. Who's your favorite? I'm the number one Stranger Things fan. Yeah. Who's What's your, your favorite, favorite season of Stranger Things? Yeah. Oh no, that's no, the no, worst. No. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I love New Japan. I watch all sorts of New Japan. You're not the lone soldier of New Japan. We are also soldiers with you. Why can't we be a team? Why you gotta be a lone man? Have you met me? <laughs> yeah, and I know you're a team player. You're a team player. More times than not. Anyway, I I thought this match was fucking awesome. I just I would like a little bit more selling. Like Osprey sold forever, and then he just does a fucking Spanish fly in the middle of the ring, and it's like, well, hold on a second. Like <laughs> I, I I was really like I was watching the match. I was into it. I had my I put my phone to the side. I was like, I know that the last 10 minutes of this are going to be completely worth watching. And then when he did that Spanish fly, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, can't you just like, can't you try to get back into it or something? It just seems really, uh, uh young bucks ish. Wow. Are you going to talk about the, the, well, they the don't greatest sell. tag team they, all they time? They don't sell that like much. Like that? Like well, that? Well, they just don't sell that much. I love them. To be, you heard that, right? You going to let him talk about the greatest tag team all time like that? Uh, I mean, like, it is a valid criticism. I tell you what, if there's ten, if there's ten <laughs> things. What? I'll That's tell you it? what, if there's, you if there's ten things that Two Beer likes about the Young Bucks, selling isn't number 12. <laughs> Let me say some it's shit not, like that. It's not like it's well. It's not like you like the Actually, Young Bucks because they sell so well. Matt Jackson still selling his back from Wrestle Kingdom fourteen. <laughs> I think his back's just legitimately <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> They're still selling that suspension from uh, Double or Nothing. <laughs> or what was it? Was no, it all out? Double or Nothing. Was it all out? I can't remember. The number one thing that they sell, though, is merch. They got some shoes at Champ Sports, apparently, now. Uh, if they weren't ugly as shit, I'd probably think about buying them. But they look exactly like you think they would. They look like Young Bucks tights. So Carl Anderson goes over Tanahashi with some fuckery. There was some shit that happened. But it wasn't... Gallows pulled his leg and then... It, it wasn't not clean, side. but it wasn't clean. No, to me, that was fuckery. Okay, so Carl Anderson goes over, retains... The never open weight title. I think that this title is beneath Tanahashi anyway, don't you? For sure. That's why, I'm, as as much as I hate the fact that I have to be wrong sometimes, and I thought that the double championship was the right way to go because I'm a Naido guy and I want Naido to have all the championships. It's now it's starting to bite New Japan in that ass because. It's like WWE. You have guys that could be a mid-card champion, but not the world champion. Jeff Cobb, to me, is the first guy I think about when it comes to if 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 New Japan was like, okay, we're going to bring back the Intercontinental Champion. Who's going to be the first one? Jeff Cobb immediately is like right there on the top because he's as much as I like him and Great Okan together. I think he could be the guy that could be the next guy. I would prefer to be 
Do you think Zack Sabre Jr. has been there too long? No. Because I would prefer to be no. Zack Sabre Jr. He's in I consideration. Love Cobb. I love Cobb. As long as you brought up Zack Sabre Jr., let's sidebar for 30 seconds. I also love Tai Chi. He's probably never weight champion, but neither here nor there. Um Big fan of chai tea as well. <laughs> Has he made that joke before? It feels I, like it feels like he's made that joke before. Look, we've had two hundred seventy episodes, okay. which is fucking bullshit, <laughs> unprofessional bullshit. Okay, now that being said, quick sidebar th- for thirty seconds. Zack Saber Jr. and Naido are going to wrestle for the right to wrestle Will Osprey for the. U.S. Championship. If you're going to make the U.S. Championship like the Intercontinental Championship used to be, then yep. you need to have that in rotation. If not, I want the U.S. the Intercontinental Championship back because there's guys that are right there, not in the Jay White's, you know, Okada well, window. But well, here's the reason I want Zack Saber Jr. versus Will Ospreay is because. I'm in America, right? And I'm watching these guys in America, and I don't feel like two great-looking dudes in incredible shape have gotten enough play over here in the States. Like, I feel like we are an underrepresented, and yes, I'm including myself. You. As a white guy who is in great shape. I feel like we have been underrepresented. In media, so I need Zack Saber <laughs> Jr. versus Will Ospreay in that title match because Naido, you know, as an Asian dude, they've had enough run over here. Man, that, the, you ever seen that, Rumble in the Bronx with Jackie Chan? <laughs> you ever seen Rumble? You ever in seen the, Rush <laughs> Hour? You ever seen Rumble in uh, Bill's back uh, yard up in this motherfucker? Keep talking about Naido, Gronk, man. <laughs> I think that might have been a joke that fell flat, but in my head, that's really funny. Okay, so uh, Tanahashi versus Anderson. <laughs> Second best match of the night. The right guy went over, obviously. I shouldn't say obviously, but, you know, in this scenario, I kind of agree with you. Ultimately, Tanahashi's a little bit underneath the never-open-weight championship. But post-match, you had the Bullet Club potential beat down and then Hikaweu comes out I'm thinking to myself okay this is really getting ready to get ugly after Tomatonga makes the save I, I, I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that shit and then Hikaweu comes out and we're trying to d- decide whether you know Hikaweu is going to go with Tomatonga his brother versus Bullet Club his quote unquote brothers he turns on his quote unquote brothers choke slams Jay White and is rolling with now Tomatonga, Jado, hopefully when Tomaloga comes back from his knee injury, that's going to be – actually, I won't – I'll wait for Bill to come back for the, the six-man bullshit. He'll say it way better than I can because, honestly, I didn't know this was a thing until he told me about this, but another story for another time, probably like 30 seconds. Anyway – for me, as a New Japan fan, I wanted to see Hikaleu as Bullet Club for a little bit until he flipped, but this is okay. If Tongo can come back fairly quickly, you have a trio of Tongans, like I said last week, 
this might be something that could be good moving forward. Jay White and Tomatonga have a title match on the 10th of October. I do not think by any stretch of imagination that Tomatonga wins, but if you can have Hikaleu there in the background and then maybe bring Tongogoa back as a surprise, now you have a trio. Something to think about. Yeah, I mean, I like the uh, Hikaleo, you know, being with the those guys, uh, especially need a little help in your in his solo, uh, you know, crusade no, against the, the Bullet Club. He's the solo Sokoa of now the Tonga faction. I'm talking about Hikaleo. Yes. Yeah, it was a fun ending. Um. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about this match? <laughs> no, we can move on if you need to. No, were you guys in the middle of something? No, no, no. You, you just literally jumped in at, as we were talking about Hickaway. Well, that's what I mean. That's the kind of sense I have as a radio man. It's you. Uh, so we also had Tom Brady does it. Master Watto and forgive me if I get this wrong. Hold on. Uh, Master Watto and Noguchi? Taguchi. Taguchi. And he was versus... He said Taguchi. <laughs> he was against uh, Francisco Akira and TJP. TJP and Akira go over. Did you like this match? It was... Honestly, I think if it wasn't for the main event, I think this would have been my favorite match of the night. I liked uh, Akira and TJP together. Kind of the same height, but they... They have that nice little, you know, boom, boom, boom moves like uh, the most Motor City machine guns do. And they haven't been together that long. So, the, for me, that's where I like their uh, little tag team, you know, chemistry. I like the finish off the top. For me, as as the guy that watches a, a lot of New Japan, apparently I'm not the only New Japan flag bearer over there. Don't you look at me like that. I'll say this. For... Wado and Taguchi, they always felt like the champions that were the, that were going to be the 69 champions because Taguchi liked 69. But they never felt like real champions. They always escaped by the skin of their teeth when they retained. Now you have, to me, it and feels then, like legitimate tag team champions when you have um, Best of the Super Junior Tag Team League coming up you'll have somebody that will actually be able to challenge Wado, not Wado, but uh, And then we had the the six-man, never six-man, never six-man belt, which was, hold on, give me a second. Show versus Yujiro, or Show, Yujiro, and Evil Evil. versus Yo, Yoshihashi, and and Goto. Goto. I'll let you finish it. I'm out. So... This is this is the worst thing going in New Japan Pro Wrestling that there could be. House of Torture in a 25-minute tornado dog cage survival match where they you have to lock all three guys into a dog cage that is sitting in the aisle in the arena. Zach, you didn't watch this match. Thankfully, no. I think that you need to watch this match. 
Um, am I in trouble? No, yes, you're in trouble, and I think we need to break it down. I think we need to have an hour and a half long podcast about that 25 <laughs> minute long match. The tornado dog cage survival match. Nope, I got the idea. With I the got house the of idea. torture. Nope, okay. I got the idea. What is it? I got the idea. Okay, so starting, and this is just me spitballing, we have to have some sort of bet that the loser has to watch this match. Either you watched it. Obviously, I watched it. Jubier hasn't watched it. Somehow, some way, we have to come up with a bet. Let's just that the loser has to watch this match either again or the first time. Let's call call up Murray the Murray Man Murray. Let's call he's up. Gonna, Lucha, he's gonna listen to let's, it. Let's let's call up Lucha Chris and say we need to do a banged up where we watch that match together. Yes, the three of us. Dude, we we watch that match together. The only time we we're gonna be able to do it is in October when he when this motherfucker comes in. That town. would be a lot of fun. <laughs> He can't do this, man. He's got Zach. he's got family commitments, man. No, so we were talking about doing a podcast together when he comes back in town. But oh, instead of doing the podcast, podcast together, we do the banged up, we do a banged episode up and put it on YouTube. Where we watch the yes. tornado dog cage survival <laughs> match with House of Torture. No matter what happens, I'm, I'm canceling my flight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, as a New Japan, as the it is, biggest New Japan, it's as, it's guy, as bad as a matchup I've, as was, I've ever seen. It was dog shit. I did okay. So I, after the I podcast liked it last so week, so bad. After the podcast last week, I watched it the next day, and I like comedy. Was, and it was only in Japanese, so I I knew that they had dog, you know, dog cages or whatever in, in previous matches. No big deal. Blah blah blah. I didn't know that this was the step. So I'm seeing these guys getting locked in the dog cages. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is everybody getting locked in dog cages? This is some bullshit. It's so stupid. They're like on all fours. The only, I mean, (laughs) mean, slight, slight. And the fact that he's the Benedict Arnold of the group, I can never stand evil. He pinned yo clean. There was no fuckery at that point because you locked everybody down. All right, that'll do it for other again. Thank you. The fact I had to say that hurts my heart. All right, so Jason didn't watch NXT. If it was called like Mega Badass Wrestling, like MBW or something, he'd watch it and tell us about how there's guys on there that we've never heard of. But (laughs) it looks like we're going to have Dragonoff versus Jordan Devlin, JDM. J.D. McDonough yeah, versus right. Braun Breaker in a triple threat. This is a great way to protect Braun Breaker with two great workers. I would say that Dragunov is an insane worker. Mm. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, the only thing that's silly is, like, the babyface champion, uh, you know, being a big dummy and being like, Give me I a triple threat. Like, oh, I'll- Give me a triple threat. It's just a dumb, dumb move. Um, That's what baby faces str- do, though. I know. Strategically, it's just I hate the trope. I get it. I just hate the trope. Did Did you like or dislike Braun Breaker invoking his uncle's famous math promo? <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> if you Where he's like, if the math is right, <laughs> and my math is always well, I right. right. I was like, God damn, this Braun Breaker is good. <laughs> it's perfect. I think you should fully embrace that. 
I do too. Apparently, they have I a think, they have an episode well, on WWE or on Peacock where they have a, the table for three, and it's Braun Breaker, Rick, and Scott Steiner. And apparently, Rick and Scott Steiner just drill him the entire time about how he's just stealing their gimmick and just acting like them and stuff. And it sounds really <laughs> fucking funny. I think that Braun Breaker is a fucking star. I think that they, I, it's not like, you know, there's some guys you look at and you're like, that's just not the guy. I think that Braun Breaker is the guy. If it's not Cody and it's not Seth, and I've said it on this podcast. No, don't do that. No, I'm no. no we're I'm, still five years away. He's only think, like 22. I don't think we're five years away. I really don't. From Braun Breaker being on WrestleMania? From Braun Breaker being the champion. Zach, what are your Braun Breaker thoughts? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's good, but he's still got a long ways to go as far as, like, being, like, a top, top guy. Top guy of the developmental promotion? Absolutely. Um, he, I mean, I don't see him going to the main roster and getting the championship right away. He's still got a lot to learn. He's really good for his experience level. See, John Cena. I, I wish that we could do a full hour on NXT because I have so many thoughts about it. Like, some of it is so bad. Like, hilariously bad. Like, Joe Gacy is hilariously bad. Lash Legend is hilariously bad. It's like, they should not it's be on bad. TV. Yeah, some of it they is. They debuted, a, there was a new girl they debuted, real flippy gal, and she was real bad. Oh, yeah, she was the, the surf chick. Uh, her name is Saul Ruka. Yes. S-O-L, and if you didn't know. He wrote this shit down. That, that's, what, that's what you know. No, you, well, I watched that's it. What you, okay, that's Dude, what I was going to say. I watched it. That's what you know. No, I do that for the listener. No, okay. Because everybody doesn't have as much time as I do to sit around <laughs> and watch NXT, so they might tune into the podcast and be like, hey, Bill, what's going on in NXT? And I'm telling you. For me, NXT is like catch up on some pretty shit I don't de- know. Pretty Deadly is unreal. Agreed. Unreal. Okay. Now, Cameron Grimes is unreal, but he should not be in a feud with Joe Gacy. Grayson Waller <laughs> really? and Apollo Cruz. You know, Apollo Cruz is having visions, but they get televised, and everybody can see his visions. <laughs> and like when, <laughs> when the chick asked Grayson Waller backstage, she's like, "Did you see Apollo Cruz's vision tonight?" He's like, "Yeah, I saw it." And in his vision, Grayson Waller was bleeding out of his eyes. He was like, "I was bleeding my." Blind my eyes. He's like, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. He's like, it's just his vision. It's like, but wait a minute. Why was it on video, though? <laughs> it fucking rules, dude. It rules. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. <laughs> oh, Chase, you beat, uh, beat okay. Carmelo Hayes all right, last all right, week? All right, all right. What? What? All right, what not, the no, fuck is not, this? Not, not Carmelo Hayes. Not Carmelo Hayes. No, he beat. Trick? S- no, he beat somebody last week. The other black guy that's on the XT? No, I think I think he'd be Carmelo Hayes. I didn't watch last week. Anyway, he had his how big, you gonna have he has big chase you. He had his big because I missed last week though. I'm not so gonna watch how two you gonna weeks have of next notes team. and not know who was in Smash. Somebody, but chase, anybody, chase you's like he's doing this motherfucker. But then he calls for questions in the audience and he goes, "Hey, what's your name?" And this journalist, you can't see his face. He goes, "Dave." And he goes, okay, Dave, what's your question? And the guy asks a question. He goes, and Chase, you, and Andre Chase goes, you think it's a five-star question, Dave? He's like, you ever asked anybody else that question, Dave? He's like, that's a terrible question, Dave. And it's clearly supposed to be Meltzer. Right. Very funny. Uh, 
<laughs> Thank you. Two beer. No, no, no. Shut the fuck up. Two beer. Any, any, any point. At any point. Does this make sense? Yes or no? Where's the lie? Where's the lie? Dude, it's it's pretty funny. It's a pretty good show. It's, you, uh, it's, I, it's wacky, and it is like... Uh, oh, wait. I don't wait. Know. You're an AXC guy, too? You watch yeah, that Yeah, he shit? watches it. What the no? I almost... No, no, we have I've never been, had this conversation before. Yeah, never I've been had watching this. it. What? How long have you been watching yeah. this shit? It's a, honestly it's, like it's more like entertaining than a lot of shows because you just never know what you're going to see. He's heating like up. there's some there's some dumb shit on there, uh, but sometimes up. dumb shit is the best part about it because it's so dumb. Okay, you don't so, watch it expecting, so like, okay, awesome stuff. okay. So have you been watching for like two weeks? Four weeks? No, he's been watching for no, like four or six weeks. Like, it's been like a couple speak. months, but not yeah. not it's he's not every man. week. Yeah, it's been like a few months, but like not every week. Okay, so when when Bill when we talk about three counts, you don't hate we went, it though, no, do no, you, no, Zach? no. What do you, you hate it or no? You don't hate it. Oh no, I don't hate it. Right, it's good. It's worth watch. It's like you don't watch it to like, uh, you just watch it for a different reason than you watch other stuff. You watch um, it, yes, exactly. You watch it while you're reading a book. Yeah, I'll like put it on the TV yeah. when I'm working on Mondays, and I'll put it on the background, or like I'm sitting there just playing a phone game or something. And I just want to, yeah, I don't like sit there and like watch it, but I will watch some segments like when stuff comes on, Dude. and then you end up watching, and they have good matches every now and then. They do like uh, Briggs and Jensen versus Gallus for the belts in a. Uh, it's like an anything goes match or a bar rules match or something like that. Oh, Jason, I don't know. I didn't catch it. J- J- Jason's giving up. Okay, hey, you know what? That, oh, well, you act out. like I watch it. Apparently, you and let me, this motherfucker watch let it. Me so this. I'm gonna, I'm let me say this. I'll say something though. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, take this Nikita Lions. <laughs> I know I know who she is. So once again, I will look to two beer and be like, "Did you watch the the Keto Lions match? Who she who she wrestle? Apparently, this is banned from yeah. ringside." I'll say, "Don't make me." Hey, we got some birthdays this week. Zima Ion is thirty six. <laughs> He's in uh, Legado del Fantasma. What's okay. his name? Raul Raul Mendoza? No. <laughs> DJZ. Raul Mon- Mondesi? <laughs> oh Raul Julia? Yep. He's dead. This, okay, for the record. What's Zima Ion's name in Legado del Fantasma? <sighs> Raul Mendoza is the guy I know, and he's a shorter guy. That's Zima Ion, the DJ, right, from Impact? No. Okay. Well, whatever. Happy birthday, Zima Ion. Uh, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I just pronounced his name differently, like when Zach tries to say Omos. <laughs> Omos. Omos. Stop. Omos. Stop. Omos. Stop. 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 Get that man alone. Let him Ter- live. Terry Reynolds is 56. Linda McMahon. Great. I mean, my favorite member of the Trump cabinet. <laughs> is 74. Abyss is 49. Oh, my Lord. Chief J. Strongbow. Man, I feel like we say his birthday like four times a year. 
He is RIP. We'll see you on the other side. Chief J. Strongbow. Oh, Would have been 94. Wheels have fallen off. John Morrison is 43. Yokozuna. I would say John Morrison had a match against Vikino. He's definitely alive. About the 43. Yokozuna. Yeah, he's dead. No. Yeah. <laughs> is Yokozuna dead? Yes. Oh, he's been dead a long time. Yes. <laughs> I'm very confident in this. He only would have been 56. R.I.P. Robert Stone, who's in NXT right now, used to be Robbie E. in uh, Impact. Yes. He is 39. Curtis Axel. 39. Jesus. Heyman guy. 30, Curtis Axel. 43. A, a rare miss with a a Heyman and a wrestler mix in WWE. That's really just something that only wrestling guys can talk about. Like where you, you'll be like, yeah, Curtis Axel, uh, he's a Heyman guy. And it's like, yeah. it's a big time joke. He could have been a Heyman. No, he could have been a Heyman insider. guy. He could have been a Heyman guy. Trevor Lee, also known as. He could be Sammy Zayn in the bloodline. Trevor Lee, also known as Cameron Grimes. 29. He, he's a fucking star, man. No, he's, no, he, he's I just, awesome. I, I don't watch NXT. In the, uh, I was like, thinking the other day how I picked Cameron Grimes and uh, LA Knight as my few of the year at the Beefers, and I remember <laughs> I remember Zach's like completely no bullshit incredulous. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I, now I have to go back and listen to that shit. Oh, uh, he was he was just like. It was so real. He was just completely incredulous. He was like, seriously? Because <laughs> I, I had made jokes about it for a couple of weeks, and he was like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's few of the year, few of the year. I was, was like, it, No, it was towards the end of the year, so I'll give you I that. I chose the few of the year. Zach's like, serious? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chris Von Erich, uh is, what, what, is 53. Apparently a Von Erich, uh documentary coming out. Can't Can, wait. Candice LeRae. That's a movie. Oh yeah, who started? Zach Ef- Zach Efron and uh, Steve Patterson, a security of the show, put that out on uh, Friends of uh, BFR on Facebook. Oh yeah, because it's got the guy from the Bear, right? Playing uh, right. Yes. one of the uh, the Play- brothers playing Carrie, right? I don't I don't know. Uh, Candice LeRae, the aforementioned, is thirty seven. Uh, hopefully the the crowd will get used to her. I think she'll be a big star. No, she'll be fine. I, I think that they, no, she'll be fine. I think they introduced her wrong this it's, this week. It's uh, a Tajiri, lot of movie parts. Tajiri, a guy that I love. My favorite Tajiri story ever is when Tajiri and Coach were having a match. I heard Coach on the Bill Simmons podcast, and Tajiri was having a match with Coach. Recently? Nah, I mean this is a few years ago. And Coach looked at Tajiri, and Coach goes. Just and Tajiri starts trying to talk through the match with him. And coach is like, just let me make, just make sure that I get my shit in, like as a joke. But he was like completely deadpan. And Tajiri goes, "You have shit." <laughs> <laughs> Tajiri's fifty-two. I love him. They get my elbow drop in. Ah, he was he was so cool, man. In these first four days, fuck you, hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so yes, we sir. appreciate you guys listening to ours. For Vice, for Tinder Hall, for Lucha the Man, Lucha Chris, for Murray the Murray Man Murray, for Patriot Pat, for my wife Erin, for 
two beers, Zach Coleman, for Jason Cornelius Bell. Is that for anybody? No, we're good. Black Lives Matter, support your local drug dealers, support your local restaurants. Black Lives Matter, apologies to Eddie Kingston for all the shoot remarks. And everybody, never forget the boo the heels. Support your local drug dealers. Support your local restaurants. Black Lives Matter. Double check. Vote blue no matter who. No, I'm just kidding about that one. No. I know. <laughs> That's why we're in trouble to begin with. Oh, apologies to Eddie Kingston. I just really have to say, I told you I was going to tell you at the end. At the end of this, I have to say, I'm sorry to Eddie Kingston. I'm sorry for saying that you were a flabby, thin-skinned motherfucking bitch who doesn't like it when guys like me and my friend Jason and my friend Zach and my friend Joey and my friend Vice my friend Jason and my friend Evan and my friend John Jones and my friend Alvarez and my friend Dale and my friend Bobby and my friend Cam I am sorry to Eddie Kingston I'm sorry to Eddie Kingston for using all those insider terms. That sounded real genuine. That being said, 